Welcome back to episode 45 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies, everybody. Sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com. You can use code JJD. My name is Milton Campus. Purple Belt, Fight Sports Coral Springs. You can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ. Got Bo behind the camera, and I brought my these knuckleheads with me today. Let's go around the these room. These Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. People know, people know this guy here. <laughs> Drew Phoenix, black name, rank, serial number. Yeah, wait, sir, like, since this is a military show today, right? Oh, we'll give uh, your name, rank, serial number. So, How do you do sar- that? Sergeant, <laughs> actually, second award sergeant because I was such a good sergeant. The Marine Corps made me one twice. <laughs> uh, Andrew Cuthbert, aka Drew Phoenix, black belt, head instructor of AM Jiu Jitsu. Follow us at AM BJJ. Uh, Nick Ron, founder of Warriors Next Adventure, Air Force veteran. I know I was Air Force. I feel comfortable. I didn't even say anything. I really I, wish you would have gotten me a more coming, comfortable chair. It's coming, but he knows chair, it's coming. He knows it's coming. <laughs> it's from from either knew. side of the room, you know what I mean? Hey, you can follow us on Warriors Next Adventure um, on Instagram. Follow me on uh, Nick Explores Everything. And, uh, yeah. Right, uh, Next I'm up. Jeremy Sostala, Marine Corps veteran. Uh, white belt. And uh, train out of white belt. Uh, how did we get a had, white belt? How did we let a white belt in here? You, you brought sneaky, this guy? sneaky. <laughs> no, just kidding. He had a friend. Yeah, man. I'm sorry. White belt. What else? Yeah, white belt. Had a double five uh, in Houston or in New Braunfels, Texas, and uh, just started my adventure. So very cool. You, you got any stripes? Welcome. Bro? Oh yeah, two whole ones. He's a, he's a second degree white belt. <laughs> second degree. That, you got to say it like that. Uh, make Especially it sound when cool. you meet black belts, you got to say, I'm second degree black belt, uh, white belt. It doesn't sound as cool, yeah, though. It does not, <laughs> bro. The girls like it. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> well, like, welcome, uh, guys. I appreciate you coming out. Let's uh, just give a quick shout out to Flow and Roll at Flow underscore and underscore roll on Instagram. You can get 20% off your online t shirt, rash guard, or gi order with code JJD at flowandroll.com. All right. DD214 fightwear, repping. The best. Right. At DD214 underscore fightwear, gear for the war on PTSD. Fits right in with the Absolutely. show today. Get 15% off your online order at DD214BJJ.com. Check out their new Soul Armor Gi. Who said they got the Soul Armor Gi? Did somebody say I got need that oh, one. It was uh, Brandon, Brandon, I think. Oh, I, oh, he one of the did. Guys I want the white one because yeah. I don't even have He's, any. He white sent gear. me one of the jungle green ones. That's my favorite gi, dude. Bro, That's, he, he sent me a, a black one, a black and green one when I when I got my black belt. Loved it, dude. Yeah, hey, good, good dudes, man. Uh, you can check out the Soul Armor Gi on the website. I believe, I guess it's shipping now, right? Your boy got one, or your your guy. Who did you say? What's oh, up? the Soul? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are shipping now. They're shipping. Yeah. All right, so they're is, they're. is it too late to buy one? Well, I think they did a pre-order, yeah, but I'm sure there's going to be more does. available. Yeah, no one don't And for for those of you who don't know, it is uh, it's got the the names of fallen soldiers on the liner inside the Gi top. So very very cool. Uh, you can check out the link in the bio. I actually put the link to that page in the uh, in the bio, the description of the podcast. Uh, we also want to thank Retro Grappler. Uh, we're going to be collaborating with Chris on some new podcast designs pretty soon, so check them out at Retro Grappler Shop and RetroGrappler.com. All right, we've got some new hey, things coming your way. Hey, Retro soon. Grappler, I'm sure uh, Nick can agree with me with this. We need some Ninja Turtle wear. Yeah, so oh, I, I, have an, I have a Ninja Turtle rash guard. I seen, the, but the, it's a blue belt one, so I need a purple belt need a purple one. Belt one. Donatello. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 
I mean, he does a lot of custom stuff, but he did do a Ninja Turtle. I believe there's a Ninja Turtle Rats card at RetroGrappler.com for sale. I'm not sure if it's like specific to a gym. I would shank somebody for one of those. Uh, Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, you can hit him up. He does really cool designs. All right. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching and listening. If you, uh, you're you watching us on YouTube, don't forget to. That's what that's for. Hey. Don't forget to click the bell. You get updates on uh, and notifications whenever we launch a new video. All right. That's all my uh, that's all my intro stuff, guys. All right. All right, guys. Podcast done. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for, thanks for coming out, everybody. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so, Nick, you're on this journey. We spoke, uh, what episode was it, Bo? I think 44. Like 40, no, no, those are 42. I think it was 41. We just spoke to you. Oh, yeah, 41. So we got you back again. We told everybody you're going to be traveling the country. Tell it, tell us how it's been going. Well, we figured we'd stop here since we're in Miami. Yeah, man, so, let's do this. Uh, it's been rough. Uh, we've renamed <laughs> the bus to the struggle bus. <laughs> <laughs> From the warrior wagon? Oh, my God. So, day one, uh, we start this tour. at about, uh, We're supposed to start at four, of course. You know, I'm always late. We start at six. And uh, picked up two guys. Uh, We had uh, Joe ride with us. Uh, He helps me out with the nonprofit quite a bit. So he's going to be the camera guy. And then uh, we ended up uh, taking Ray. Ray is one of our brown belts. He's not a veteran. However, you know, with this tour, I'm trying to I'm trying to show and emphasize that you know non-veterans are a big part of our healing process in jujitsu. And so I was like, you know what? I have room. I was like, you know, Ray, why don't you come with me? So he rode with for the first uh, part of the tour, but I'm pretty sure he regretted it immediately um because 280 miles into it right outside of fargo we blew the engine what completely seized the engine dude gone did you got like you got this bus where'd you get this bus from so i bought the bus in florida uh in the the fung springs i don't know the Spring. it's north of fort walton beach no clue so um that was an adventure on its own um so you came out and got it and drove it back or did you get a chip well i drove it back uh, to at least Montgomery, and then uh, I blew the serpentine belt, which not a big deal, right? No clue but it was that a, is, but anyway. The, yeah, it's the main belt that makes everything go. Okay. Um, so that one, uh, it was a special order belt, and nobody had it. So I had to wait till the next morning, so I had to sleep in the hood in the middle of Montgomery, Alabama. Even yeah. the, guy, the guys at the parts store are like, dude, don't sleep here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm fine, man. He's like, no, 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 you, you should go to a hotel. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so I ended up staying overnight, and... Uh, it rained. Good thing is the bus was waterproof, uh, but there was a bunch of holes in the bottom of the bus from where the seats were bolted in. So all that cold air was shooting through, and all I had was a shitty blanket. Uh, um, so Nina was the girl I got it from. She's some hippie from Florida who used to sell jewelry out of this thing. Yeah. So she blessed the bus, and we prayed and everything before we left. And I'm pretty sure that she knew what I was getting into. It's like, why are we praying? I was like, <laughs> wait, do you know saying? something? That- she blessed it, or she cursed it? <laughs> I was like, do you know something that we don't? Or so we blew the serpentine belt. Not a big deal, right? We ended up getting a new one the next day. We, I drive it up to Tennessee because I have a buddy of mine who's a bus mechanic up there. So we looked it over. He's like, yeah, that's pretty good shape. So we ended up getting all the way, uh, driving back in Wisconsin, which is where I was going to leave it. Uh, my board member from uh, St. Croix Custom Furniture, who's one of our sponsors, um, he helped me build out the inside. I broke down 90 miles away from his house. I blew two of the passenger rear tires. But luckily, it was all stuff that I needed to change anyway because those tires are 16 years old. So they're they're pretty old. So I mean they're probably gonna get changed out anyway. So not a big deal. I just stayed overnight in a hotel on the side of the road, got it back to his house. Uh we spent um probably about three months rebuilding that thing. Mm-hmm. So we put a bunk bed in the back, 
Uh, we put a bed on the side with uh, storage underneath it, and that's where we have battery packs. We got two 12 volt batteries that are paralleled together, uh, connected to an inverter. The inverter transfers the power from 12 volt to 120, so you just regular plug. And uh, we put in some LED lights in the ceiling. We put uh, a bunch of USB ports on the side, um, and we thought we were good to go, right? And the bu- that bus started up every time, cranked up every time, never had an issue. No, it yeah. doesn't work. Yep, wrong. <laughs> so we end up getting to Fargo and we blow this thing, right? We called this uh, place called Matt's Automotive um, and they picked us up in a car and then ended up going back to get the bus. Super, super good people. Matt's Automotive up in Fargo. You guys got us back on the road. Um, so that night they're like, yeah, things aren't looking good. The engine seized up. There's no oil in the engine. I was like, okay, <laughs> bullshit. Because I just checked it before I left. So there's a there was a leak in the, it's called the rear main seal. It's just the backside of the engine. And it was it was a slight drip. And we already had uh, uh, somebody in Kalispell, Montana, which is our first stop. We were going to have the rear main seal fixed because we didn't have time to do it before we left. And uh, look, we didn't know this thing was leaking until the day before we left. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, poor planning. So anyway, it blew the first day. So we're like, God damn it. So we we just go to uh, Fargo Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with uh, Gregory An- Anich. Um, so I did an interview with him. We trained with him for two days. That place is awesome. Uh, really good people. They have two giant mat spaces that are separate. So like the intermediate class is going on while the beginners class is going on. They have some Muay Thai, really good guys out there. And so he actually ended up being my first stop, even though it wasn't planned. Oh, um, great interview though. Um, Yeah, I know. Right. So everywhere I've gone, I've noticed that like the jujitsu family, I mean, it's essentially what, that's what it is. It's family. Of course. Everybody is super accepting. I've never had an issue going into a gym and not feeling welcome. You know, you felt welcome today at my gym. Yeah, until you heel hooked me like, three times. <laughs> that was a loving gesture, bro. And it's all I have a video. foot fetish, so I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. The crazy thing is, exactly. so we we just so happened to find an engine, a 350 Chevy engine, V8, and uh, we were like, okay, sweet, let's get it. He's like, well, he's like, there's a caveat. He's like, the guy who built this engine, he rebuilds hot rod engines. So we have a cammed out 350 Chevy inside that bus so when that thing starts up it's like blah 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 so if it was in like a Chevelle or something you'd be like damn that sounds good right but it's in this fucking bus so everyone's like what is this thing so we get back on the road on day three we make it 45 minutes and then next thing you know I'm driving I'm like man there must be a fire out there or something and I was like is everything smoky like it doesn't look like it's coming from inside the bus so I'm like yeah, what is going on and I look back and I do a double take I was like Joe fire and so I steer fuck? over and I slam on the brakes. There's two foot flames shooting up. He's sleeping behind me in the bed behind me. And there's two foot flames shooting up next to him. If there wasn't plywood on top of there, yeah. he would have been getting hit in the ass with fire. Oh, so shit. we slam over. I was like, Joe, get the fire extinguisher. And I kicked him off the bus because I'm not going to have him, you know, get smoke inhalation and shit. Yeah. So I'm inside the bus putting this thing out, ripping floorboards off the ground so everything doesn't start on fire. Firefighter, man. Bro, here. it was bad. Jeez. So if anybody needs a firefighter, you know, yeah, I need a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I put that thing out and I went and laid down on the grass and I just, I couldn't breathe because I breathed in a lot of smoke. And I just sat there. Did you use the fire minutes. extinguisher? Yeah, yeah. So like, and you breathe that into it's even worse, right? Like that. Oh, dude, dust, that dust is I had bad. To use one one time. So, um, 
you know, shout out to uh, Brad who dropped off a fire extinguisher the day before we left. Said, "Hey, just in case, <laughs> we could be telling a different story." That thing story would have been today. gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, we wouldn't like, be telling so, the story. So the one day, the fifty days turned into a one day tour. Know, right? <laughs> it so, would be on Skype. The crazy thing was he broke down in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota, right? So if anybody's been on I ninety on ninety four, or uh, I think it was ninety four there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's 94 up there. So in the middle of Bismarck and Fargo, there's nothing. It's just fields, right? So we make a phone call in the morning. Um, I, I broke down that night in, internally. I was just like, yeah. I can't believe it just happened. So we cleaned up as much as we could, and we just we limped it off the road to like some random gas station. And I was like, Joe, I, I can't do anything else today. I'm just completely defeated. Um, yeah. I was like, you know what? I need to just stop. So I just went to bed. And I woke up in the morning. I was like, okay. What are we going to do? I'm a problem solver, right? Um, so I, I started looking around for different shops. And there was a diesel shop. So I called him up. He's like, ah, bring it in. We'll figure it out. So we pull it in there. And I tell the guy about what we're trying to do with this with this nonprofit and with, uh, with the tour. And uh, he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll look around. So I was in his shop while he was working. He pulls out the exact same muffler that we needed. So I'm like, oh, oh I didn't even say why we needed a muffler. The, the reason why the bus started on fire is there was a hole in the top of the muffler. And it was shooting flames in the floorboards. And it started the interior of the bus on fire. So that was an important part of the story, bro. I think I, that's, so a that's little muffler important. one. Just for the count. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, there's muffler, a scoreboard. muffler number one. Oh, there's, just, there's, there's a, a scoreboard. Number two? Yes. So it, this how is, many mufflers did you go through so well, far? We'll get there. <laughs> this is, so this is muffler number two, the exact same muffler we needed. So the guy ripped it off, put a new one on, welded it on, and everything. 15, 15 minutes it took him. You know, it took him a little time to get it set up and all that shit. So we were out of there in 35 minutes. And uh, so because I was telling these guys this story, they're like, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing for our veterans and everything. So he's like, you know, go ahead. I was like, well, how much? He's like, ah, it's on me. I'm like, man, that's awesome. So I gave him a coin. That's and awesome. That's so it's, cool. there, there's a lot of this happening as we've been going around on this tour. The generosity mm. that I've found on this tour from the United States has been amazing. Not, not one person, uh, except for the people our blinkers aren't working. So the people that we've cut off, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oops. Hey, that, uh, hey, hey you such... have no problem here. <laughs> we don't use those things here. I don't know if you noticed. So uh, he throws that on there. We get some lunch and, you know, I look at Joe. I gave him a hug. I was like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I was like, I put him through this, you know. Yeah. So I was like, damn, I'm sorry. So we end up hauling ass. We make it all the way through Montana. No issues. We go down through. Uh, we stopped at a place, got some, some lunch. Um, and we went south. We went through. We're going through Mon uh, Montana, and we're like, you know, we could go to Idaho and cut down, or we can go south through, you know, Yellowstone. I've always wanted to go there. Joe's never been there, so I'm like, let's let's spend some time for ourselves and calm down a little bit. We'll we'll take our time. Go see some old faithful. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. the the um the the hot spring pits were really cool looking, and so we got some good video of that. And so we thought we'd go to Old Faithful, right? Yeah. Seen that since I was a kid. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be amazing. <sighs> So we get out there, and I see that thing going off as we're driving up. It's like, oh, cool. So we'll catch the next one. We sit there and set up, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> is it predictable? Is it like, is it? It's like every 30 or 40 minutes or something okay. like that. So I didn't realize how long it was to wait. So we set up the camera, and we're just standing there. <laughs> and I look at Joe. I was like, this is pretty, it's pretty boring. You know? You're going like, to get a lot of content. We just, we just went an use. hour and a half out of our way for a water that shoots up for like 10 minutes so i was just like all right the thing goes off i'm like oh cool we took some pictures we turn around take a selfie like let's get the fuck out of here this is a waste of time <laughs> so we take off we go back make it to idaho um no issues in idaho 
And then we ended up going through Nevada. And so uh, it kept sputtering. We're like, what the hell's going on with this thing? And so we ended up pulling over and uh, just just taking the night off. And so we start hauling ass again the next day because we have to be in NorCal Fighting Alliance in uh, Santa Rosa, which is north of, uh, uh, north of San Francisco. And so we get there, and it's still sputtering really bad. So we stopped to get gas. We're 15 minutes out, right? So we have to be at the gym at 6 o'clock. We have to be at, you know, Tyler Dressler is a Weedify athlete. We're going to pick him up. We had to be at his house to shower and everything because we hadn't showered this whole time. You know, and we're going on mm, day five. Stinky. Day Bro, five, no shower. It was not good, man. I don't think the, I don't think the bus went on fire because of the muffler. But <laughs> <laughs> it went on fire because of the stank. So we, we haul ass. We end up getting there. Uh, or 15 minutes before we get there, we stop at a gas station. I go to start the vehicle up, and there's flames shooting out of the hood. I'm like, what is happening? So I go over and I look. The ground wire from the battery to the engine yeah. completely gone. And so what? I real quick went inside. I'm smart, and I brought all of my equipment with me. Yeah. I brought wiring. I brought all my mm-hmm. tools, everything. So I grabbed a wire, quick splice it together, boom, yeah. started up. Good to go. Yeah. Sweet. So we get there. We shower for like two minutes, and then we get to the gym. We made it. No issues. Everybody oh, together? Said, that's that's what I was thinking. Back, everybody together? Two minutes. Got to do this quick. What was this jumping together? <laughs> he's, he's used to it. He, he, he's done this hey, before. Come on, man. So, you know, we, we get there. Joke. And, um, day one, our first stop, our first planned stop, I should say, um, was at NorCal Fighting Alliance with David Terrell. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, is that gym filled with some killers. Yeah. Those guys are monsters. You want to? You should go up there and train your leg lock game with those guys because I got heel hooked about fifteen times up there. I got white belts heel hooking me. I'm like, what am I? What is hey, happening? My, what is my white belts can heel hook. <laughs> what is it? What's the saying that you told me on the podcast? That man? in my in my gym we heel hook our white belts because my white belts know heel hooks. <laughs> I like I it. Like that. There you go. Yeah. So we we go in there and uh, anybody who trains at NorCal Fighting Alliance will agree. It's disgusting after we're done, right? Not a bad thing, but just, just puddles. It's just they have to clean the mats with squeegees. Like that's how sweaty that gym gets. Damn. These guys roll hard in NorCal. Yeah, man, they're, they're they're even their females are rolling hard as shit. Like seeing the way that they roll with each other, some really good talent in there. And then David Terrell comes over to me, and we're sitting there talking. He's like, "Do you want to roll?" I'm like, "Well, not really, but sure." You know, because this guy's just you know he he fought Dean Lister twice. You know, and he's like. The same size, same build, same giant face as Dean Lister, right? <laughs> so I grab that guy and I put my hand over his shoulder and we go to roll. We're doing nogi. The second he grabs my shoulder, I'm like, I think I just got grabbed by a robot. Like, I couldn't move. I'm like, well, whatever you want to do, I guess, you know. So just jacked me up for like 15 minutes, man. Damn. And it was it was fun to roll with them. It's just I couldn't do a thing. Damn. It's like you know, as I go around this. This this tour, I'm just like, man, I should quit jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> man, I suck. <laughs> it's so bad. A lot of people would have quit probably when the engine blew. There there's been a lot yeah. of people, you know, th- this bus is turning out to be something very good for this nonprofit for the yeah. meaning and the cause, right? Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot of emails and I've gotten a lot of texts and phone calls, just like, dude, how do you keep going? It's like I believe in the mission. You know, and I truly believe in what this documentary can A lot be. of people would have quit. Yeah. Would have, and, and nobody would have blamed you or, you know, somebody was going through this. Well, it's the sad thing is it's like it's all donation money, right? So we, we paid three grand for the bus, which is a good price. Um, the the cost of building it up was all paid for because St. Croix Custom Furniture, his donation to the nonprofit was to get the wood to build the framing and everything. And he helped me do the floor. He helped me do the walls, everything. So he did a really good job. He did not do any mechanical work. I just want to... Preface that, so that's not his fault. Oh, uh, 
<laughs> None of the fires um, are his fault. <laughs> no, 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 not his. he did a great job. Um, you know, and so we were we were at about three grand. Well, I say thirty five hundred because the batteries we had to buy that was donated from uh, Minnesota uh, Minnesota Military Exchange. I helped them out with some audio stuff, and they donated a three hundred dollar O'Reilly card, so I used it for that. Awesome. And so not bad, right? And so after the engine blew, fifty seven hundred dollars. So I, I'm sitting here, I'm torn, and I'm like, well, do I just go back to Minnesota and grab my truck? You know, but then we're at $6,500 for the whole trip for hotels and stuff. You know, because if you add it up, you know, how much it's going to cost. I'm cool with crashing on couches, but I'm going to have two or three guys with me sometimes. So people are going to have to give up three guys in their house. I don't want to do that. So I'm like, you know, do I quit? You know, I, I'm always making sure I'm not hitting that insanity section. You know, there's a, there's a book called Think and Grow Rich. You read that? Yeah. So there's a section where they're talking about, you know, stopping before you hit gold. There's a guy who ended up buying uh, a mining machine, a gold mining machine, right? So he got to the point where he found a vein of gold and he followed it and made some good money, but then the vein stopped and he couldn't find it. So he ended up just giving up. And what he did was he sold it to a guy. When the guy bought it from him, he's like, hey, where, where were you digging? So the guy buys this guy's machine, goes back three feet down. He stopped three feet away from gold. So I think about it like this, you know, if I quit now, am I stopping before gold or am I working on insanity, right? <laughs> Doing the same thing and expecting different yeah. results. So I reached out to my board after the multiple breakdowns. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm torn here. Like, I feel like I'm wasting people's money. Um, but when the boss broke down, I was very vocal about it. said, okay, guys, this is what's happening, right? And I said, we're going to need about $5,000 to get this thing going. I was like, I don't know if we're going to do this or we'll see what happens. Two days it took us to raise $5,700. Wow. That's how much people believe in what we're doing. Yes. You know, and so after, after that happened, I talked to my board and they're like, listen, dude, everybody who donated knew exactly what they were donating to. They know what you're trying to do. You know, this documentary is going to save lives. I promise you that, you know, yes. especially with some of the interviews I had today. So some of you guys had some good interviews too. You did okay. No, I was about to say, fuck, <laughs> fuck me, right? So, you know, it's it just keeps happening, right? Um, and then uh, after NorCal, we did sell to uh, um, Sabre Jiu-Jitsu with uh, Brian Pelgin. Fucking great gym, right? His Some of his purple belts just murdered me. I'm starting to notice every gym I go to, I come in there and I don't really pick people to roll with. You know, people are kind of seeking me out, right? So you got a purple belt coming into your gym. Usually the purple belt's like, all right, let's see what this motherfucker's got, right? And so there was a couple of times where a blue belt would come up to me because he was a veteran and he wanted to roll with me. I'm like, okay. So I give him my speech and everything like that. And we go do the drills and then we roll. And uh, this blue belt came up to me. We rolled and I, I kind of smashed him a little bit. Squeezed him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like he was really good, yeah. but I just kind of had the, the leg up on him. Yeah. But I look over and all their purple belts are staring at me. All their brown belts were staring at me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, I'm about to get destroyed. So uh they're one of their <laughs> they threw you. Yeah. They threw you one. Like, oh, let's yeah. see what it does he does with yeah, this. They didn't they didn't throw me under the bus. They shot me in a cannon under that damn No, bus. I'm saying they threw you a blue belt. <laughs> they said, Here, sacrificial lamb. I know, right? Right. So I just got absolutely murdered in every gym that I've been to. You know, and, and on top of that, I'm tired. I'm character. We we've hit like seven thousand miles by by Florida. We're at 7,000 yeah. miles that we've oh, driven. Shit. And I've done the majority of the driving. Thank God, since Jeremy's been with me, he's been doing a lot of the driving so I can rest. Um, I haven't been resting because I've just been driving, driving, and driving. And so, you know, 
he drives, you know, towards the end of the night, he'll drive and then I'll take like a two hour nap and then I'll drive until like one or two o'clock at night, depending on how far we got to go. And then I'll just rack out and we'll drive in the morning. So we haven't even mentioned the name of the documentary. I mean, people that have watched before know, sure. tell them the, the name of the documentary and yes. where they can donate if they want to donate to Warriors Next. Yeah. So you could donate to Warriors Next Adventure in millions of different ways. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. Um, when you shop on Amazon, you can use Amazon Smile. Uh, mm-hmm. Warriors Next Adventure is under that. Uh, Facebook, if you go to our website, we have a donate button that goes to PayPal Giving Fund. Um, the good thing about PayPal Giving Fund and Facebook there, there's a plus and a minus. Um, Facebook and PayPal Giving Fund, they don't take any fees from the donor or us. But the problem is they hold it for like 15 days. And so they, I'm assuming because they, <laughs> yeah, so they like they like collect the interest yeah. on it. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. I'm yeah. cool with that. Because then you're not losing any money in the transaction. That's, we just, we the... just have to wait a little bit, you know? Yeah. So yeah. if we need money right away, we put out the regular PayPal. Because we can take that, we can transfer yeah. it to the bank for Got like it. a two dollar fee or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um. So a bunch of different ways. So oh, what I what I like from what you're saying is like you're very mindful of how you spend the money. So it's like the mission is important, but you're also being mindful about the money, which is usually where people get crossed mm-hmm. when it comes to running well, a nonprofit. Most big, most big, you know, nonprofits, you know, are known for spending so much money on advertising that more money goes into raising money than goes to the the extra yeah. people that need it. Mm-hmm. I think um, not, Sal- is it Salvation Army? I mean, like some of these organizations, the CEOs make millions of dollars yeah. and that money's not getting into the hands of the people that need it. So that's usually the dig on on the larger foundations. You just yeah. don't know where the money's going. And when you do, it's not being spent on what you're really donating it for. Yeah. 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 yeah the mission, like you said. I like appreciate I, that. Yeah. Thank you. I, I try to make that the focus so people know if you donate to me, this is what it's going to. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want people going like, well, where did that money go? Right. Like, so I don't that, even shower, motherfuckers. When you when you're when you're talking therapy. about this, when when you're talking about all the things that happened, the documentary is gonna be more interesting because of those things. Well you know what I mean? I, yeah. you know, the 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 trials and tribulations that you're going to to get this done. Yeah, people is, are gonna think like it's gonna, staged. <laughs> yeah, 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 a little part of me likes like, oh, I think you made it. Oh, look, oh, look at us, we we broke down. It's yeah. fucking fire. But it's, I mean, it's gonna make for a good, a better story. It's gonna make for good content. Yeah. Um, and I mean, look, you know, you're talking about PTSD and people going through these traumatic events, and here you are struggling yourself. You know, people are gonna be able to watch you struggle a little bit. Well, I mean, it's done. Not that we're not that we're wishing it upon you. No, no, I got you. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, like this documentary. So the documentary is called PTSD versus Jitsu. So. A lot of people don't like the PTSD. They don't like that D word. It's a disorder, right? So the reason why I went with PTSD versus jiu-jitsu is I want people to understand that PTSD doesn't have to control your life. Jiu-jitsu is a viable opponent against PTSD, right? So even if you see it as PTSD, PTS, P, you know, PTSG, whatever you want to call it, you know, there, it's not an end game. Yeah. You don't have to lose to it, right? There's there's other things you can do to try to overcome PTSD. I truly believe that maybe it can't be cured. I don't know. But it, it's like you the can scar. definitely own it. It's like a scar. Like I don't sit up here and, and talk about like my ACL injury, like like you say it's like 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 come, become identified with it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I was uh when I first came out, you know, I was really heavy into the veteran game, you know, promoting post traumatic growth and all that. And uh one thing that I used to tell, you know, my brothers and sisters is like, why do you say my PTSD as if it's a part of your identity? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's something 
that we experienced, but it's just like the scar. Like you don't have to identify with it. Just understand that it exists. We have our little quirks, right? We have our thing. We all have a thing. Right? We were just talking about it, waking up like at zero to a hundred, ready to kill everything. But yeah. <laughs> don't wake us up unless you let us know that you're know, there. Right? Or the golf club like your yeah. wife does. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. My daughter just knocks on her. Dad? Yeah. Dad? It's like, I'm awake, dude. Don't worry. She's like, oh, okay, cool. I just want to make sure you didn't punch me. <laughs> but bro, like me, like I will, I have like this, this swoop. Like I'll like do this, the sheets will come off and I'll start running, right? Later on in my life, when I started sleeping naked, that shit became a problem. Like sheet one way, Johnson going the other way. Like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. that just, he just threw me off a little bit. He, he got excited. Shut up. Well, you know, it's you know, it. Jujitsu doesn't have, or uh, you know, PTSD doesn't have to control your life. No. And the the goal for this, you know, I'm actually learning a lot about myself on this documentary too. Um, this this tour has taught me that. I can push through anything. And I keep telling people that, you know, you have to adapt and overcome. I'm a, I'm a problem solver. Right. When, there's, when there's a problem, let's figure it out, right? Let's not sit and dwell too long because, A, the fucking bus started on fire. Shit, put it out. Okay, what's next? How did the fire start? Shit, we got a shitty muffler. Let's just go, let's go take a nap, right? Because sometimes I tell people, there's usually a solution to every problem. And I've, I've said it multiple times in this documentary. Jiu-Jitsu teaches you there's a solution to every problem. Sometimes that solution is to just, just wait. Because sometimes time is the only thing we can do, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you got a 300-pound dude on top of you rolling around. Sometimes just wait. Wait it out. He'll get tired. You know, that, that, stuff I'm like fan, that. I'm offended by that. <laughs> and, and one of the keys, too. <laughs> I don't know why you're talking about me. <laughs> you don't weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> Getting there, bro. God, I'm sorry, God. But one of the keys with that too, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Damn, do off my weight joke. <laughs> oh, uh, that when you're in in problem solving mode, it's like you have to understand that you're not always not gonna like yep. the solution, mm -hmm. right? Because time, like, who the hell wants to wait? You know, and especially when you have a 300 pound sweaty dude on yeah, top, yeah, like, just dripping in your eyes. Oh, yeah, God, I always tell people you gotta cut like one foot in front of the other. You're gonna yeah. get there. You know, other people have had their cars break down and they're still here. They're alive and they're kicking and they've moved on one foot in front of the other with any problem. I think sometimes I uh, used to tell people at work, like just if you were driving a car at night, you can only really see as far as the headlights can show you. Yeah. So that's just look as far as the headlights can show you right now and solve the problem. Like you said, don't be overwhelmed and you're going to get there. I think that a lot of times people are like, Oh, but this, and then I'm thinking they're thinking too far down the road. Yeah. My wife does this. I tell her, don't add your own narrative to what's about to happen. Handle this right here. Yeah, what if? Don't what if, add. What if, what if, yeah. I mean, what if my grandma had a ditch and be like my this. grandpa? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We look too dark for, as human beings, we look too far down the road sometimes. And you yeah. got to like take it, say stop. Because I actually had this conversation with her last night. I said, you know, sometimes we have to you know, take yourself out of the situation. Take a step back and look at it from the outside looking in. And then you can kind of figure it out. Yeah. But you have to be here. You can't be 30 days down the road. You can't be a, an hour down the road. Well, one thing I'm learning about myself is, um, so Tyler Dressler, he's going to be a part of the documentary. Uh, Tyler had so much fun breaking down with me for a week. He's actually coming back. So um, okay. um, on the 31st, he's flying to Boston. He's going to ride with me because he heard that so, we're going. So explain to everybody how, how you, you didn't just pick this guy up on the side yeah, of the road sure. and say, hey, so, you want to learn jujitsu? <laughs> He has a white so, belt and two stripes. Um, oh, yeah. So we, second degree. Second out. degree. He brought his lat lizard with him. Not a dry <laughs> panty listening right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so 
um, this documentary, you know, it's about jujitsu, of course. Um, so why would I not partner with an organization who focuses on veterans and jujitsu? So yeah. I've, I've been involved with We Defy Foundation for quite a while. I'm, I'm one of their ambassadors, um, but I'm mm-hmm. also on their athlete engagement team. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so I'm on their athlete engagement team. So essentially what we do is, is we mentor the athletes, right? So the athletes that have the scholarships, we are supposed to contact them. So the rules are contact them minimum once a month um, just to make sure they're doing okay. Do you know, check in is, you, you know, do you have your belt? You know, do you have this, you know, is training going well? Are you getting along with everybody? Stuff like that. And so there's no real rules of what we're supposed to do, but I personally, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get to know them. Um, so I'm not saying everybody else doesn't, this is just the way I do it. So, um, when we, when I first had him under my, um, under my list, I said, Hey man, what's up? I want to get more information about you. And so I started gathering information and try to see like, how do I need to address this guy? Um, and then I also start to think, you know, will, does this guy need warriors next adventure as well? Right. So I'm an asset to we defy. And I always tell them, you know, if you guys ever have a veteran who's struggling and you guys need help, or there's some suicide prevention stuff, because I'm actually trained in suicide prevention. So it's, it's not just me saying, Hey, I got some ideas. Um, I was, I was actually trained by the FBI in the military in hostage negotiation. And so we got to do a, uh, uh, what's it called? Active shooter training. Mm-hmm. And then also did like negotiation tactics with these guys. And then when I was, um, in the state patrol, we took all kinds of, you know, negotiation skills, you know, the verbal judo, but we got a lot more in depth with this. So I spent eight years. My whole job was if you had an emergency, you call 911. My whole job is to get you to think that your situation isn't as bad as it actually is. So essentially, I, I mind fuck people into thinking more positively, right? So I, that's essentially what I do Believe with the nonprofit. achieve. Yeah, there you go. You can get out of here. So I, I usually reach out and say, hey, by the way, you know, I'm your, I'm your, uh, your mentor. I don't, I don't really know what it's called. I think it's called the mentor or athlete engagement guy or I like an athlete engagement guy. That's there you go. Cool. I'm the Purple guy belt. that talks to you. Purple <laughs> they refer to you as the weird guy with the wolves. I am the weird guy with the wolves. I, I have, so my girlfriend, um, the guys at her work found out what I do, and they called me Wolfman for the longest time. <laughs> well, now you got all this going here. Yeah, you got all that. Bro. You know. I have not trimmed up on this whole trip, yeah. so I, I look ridiculous right now. Um, so with the, with the Weedify athlete engagement team, I was like, I'm going to take it a step further. I was like, look, I talked to Tyler first, right? So Tyler Dressler is up at NorCal Fighting Alliance. His his story is amazing, and I'm not going to tell it. You're going to have to Every watch. Every time the you say Tyler, I I, I Tyler think of fight. Yep. <laughs> Every time you say his name, I'm like fight. Brad. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> um, Tyler's story is fantastic, and what he's overcome with jujitsu, that story alone is is just amazing. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. You got to watch the documentary. Yeah. Um, so. I traveled the country for this long, broke down this many times. If you guys don't watch that documentary, I'm going to be so pissed. Um, so Tyler's the first one I reached out to. He was like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm going to be in NorCal. Do you want to ride with me through California? I was like, you'll have to take like a week off work. He's like, yep. I was like, oh, that wasn't hard. <laughs> so then I reached out to Jeremy. I was like, hey, by the way, I have one of my, one of my athletes riding with me. Do you want to join me for a period of the tour? And I think it was maybe the second time we talked. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, he's actually coming. Sweet. Um, and then Suckered I reached out. What's that? Suckered me in. I did. I, I verbal <laughs> judoed you into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be that bad. Just yeah. a couple of fires. I found out I'm garbage at judo the other day. We'll get into that. Uh, but I'm very good at <laughs> verbal judo. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, dude, it was bad. 14-year-old whooped my ass. <laughs> Bro, you got to double leg those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, 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 there was one time there was this Russian. He 
speak no English, bro. Black belt judo. Swole to the gills. And I'm looking at him. He's like, you want to roll? I was like, yeah. <laughs> bro, double leg. All day just <laughs> shot it for the double legs. And I heel hooked him. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so like, I ended up reaching out to Oscar, um, Oscar Rosa. Uh, he's in Charleston, so he's acting to ride with me for a period of time up until um, the compound up in the Baltimore area. The compound. Yeah, the compound. Is that the MMA. name of the gym? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a uh, compound Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Okay. Um, with Pow is his name. Um, so we're actually doing a Arlington tour, and he wanted to go see Arlington Cemetery. So he's like, oh, I'm just gonna ride with you. So he's with me for ten days. Um, and then Tyler enjoyed yeah. it so much, he's actually coming back on the 31st. So, so I have by High Road. Do you hear the guys from High Road? The what? High Road BJJ. Where's that at? Uh, it's in Virginia. I, I got to give you the the information if you can get in. He's uh yeah. Our, um, he he was uh oh my god, Dave. Uh, Jesus Christ, I forget names. I'm so bad with names. Um, he used to be on the board of We Defy. Oh shit. Okay. Um, like I remember his name. It'll yeah, I'll have me. to reach out to him because we're we're full up on the rest of the tour. But maybe we can get him to come out. Yeah, you never know. Something happens. Yeah. You know, you gotta. Yeah, no, no, I take it. It's sure. happened a few times where right you've had to skip a location. Well, you know. hooked us up today. Yeah, so yeah, you know, we, we had we changed uh, locations. Coral Springs Fight Sports. We were supposed to go there today, but yeah. they were getting an AC put in. Yeah. So I had actually commented on a lot of Drew's stuff because. Drew's always fucking cheesing in all his pictures. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I like this. This guy smiles all the time. I'm like, all right, I want to talk to this I guy. I told you it was a good fit. So I started commenting on your stuff. You're like, yeah. hey, man, you're ever down here? I'm like, sure. And then uh, yeah. he sends a group text with the three of us. I'm like, wait, I already have this I know guy's this number. number. <laughs> Dave Kaidash, the, the last name, Dave Kaidash. Oh, okay. From High Road BJJ. He used to be on the board. Of, yeah, send me, text me later. I'll send you the info. Dane Bramage. I'm not going to remember. Yeah. Dane so. Bramage. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, up. so your your gym was awesome. A and M, man, that place Hard Knocks is awesome. Yeah, that facility is massive, dude. It is. It's was that a basketball court in the back too? It, that's not ours though. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they host tournaments there, so we're just gonna like open the doors and blast music and have like entrances. You have every real time. good. You, I told you before. I'll, I'll say it on air now. You you got a really good crew there. Yeah, you had a yeah. like you know, a lot Except of nice my guys. Asshole, disrespectful purple belts. Ooh. Dude, really? All of them. I hate yeah. them all. No, you lie. <laughs> Train them so good, lies. and then they try to heel hook me. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a very good vibe in that gym. Hell yeah, a very yeah. good vibe of guys, like tight knit. Everybody was cool. Everybody was like welcoming, and yeah, and, I really like black belts like you, man, because I mean, you're just fucking chill. One of the guys. I mean, you're you're thirty. You said you're thirty four. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're a pretty young black belt too. But like, you're exactly how you are in the gym as you are outside of the gym. Just Hell. chill, have fun. Yeah, I love that. Cause uh, I spent a lot of years, you know, dealing with the demons, you know, and just really hyper focused on that. So like with the depression and like you know just like being angry and stuff like that. And do you know what he used to do? Do you know what he used to do? Uh, the 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 uh, oh spoken word. The, yeah, the spoken but what word was before. the name of the uh, combat hippies? Combat hippies. Do you know anything about mm-hmm. what he used to do? No, what is that? Oh, you gotta I, check out some of his videos. So back, I don't know. This is like twenty. 14, 15. So when many, I just many, got well, a college. lifetime ago. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago, man. But uh, I, I was listening to a pod, uh, uh, like just a video of Tony Robbins on the way to like college. And he, st- he started talking about post-traumatic growth. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and, you know, growing up when, when, uh, when, my, when my father left, that's when I started writing. Because I just was like, yo, I have all these emotions. I don't know what to do with it. So I just started writing. And then the writing turned into performing what I wrote, and people liked it. So I'm like, all right, well, if I could get messages across like this, let me 
write some shit. So I wrote this one piece when I early on, it was called the post-traumatic growth. And my boy Elliot Hulse, who has like two million followers on YouTube, he put it on his page and that kind of got me some attention. And then from there, it blossomed into me hooking up with the three other veterans and we started a group called the Combat Hippies. So our thing was like, uh, he, he smiled because he knows like in Marine Corps, like everything's like, you're the combat fucking cameraman, you're the combat this. Yeah. Right? So it was like, oh, Combat Hippies. You know what I mean? It's like a nice little go-between. And uh, our our message was to, was to promote post-traumatic growth, right? It's like, like you said, we're not, we don't have to be identified with the PTSD, right? Yeah, it's not like, hi, I'm PTSD. Yeah, I'm PTSD. Wait, no, 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 no. My name is Nick. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly. <clears throat> right. And even, even like as a veteran, it's like, it's one of the hats you wear, yeah. you know? Okay. You got the PTSD scar, you got the veteran hat, you got the father hat, the jujitsu hat. Like there are all these different hats that you wear, but you're not identified with them, you know? And uh, <clears throat> so we had, we, we, we made a whole theatrical perform, like a show. Right. And we were touring it for like three years around the South Florida area. And we we really did some good work because what would happen at our shows is a little edgy because me, I have a piece. Me particular, I had a piece where it was like it was like a fuck war piece. Right. And yeah, so that can set some veterans off on the wrong way. Yeah. But most veterans are we don't like pretty it. anti-war. Yeah. But uh, I, you exactly. know, it's fun. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly right and it was like a it, like i started off funny about like somebody like asking me did i ever kill anybody and i'm like yeah no, no shit there i was there was like five terrorists and all 20 of them came at me and then all 40 of them were laying at my feet i, I start off really funny and i'm like hey you know the funniest thing about war <laughs> it ain't funny and then i start going in right talking about it and then at the end i left a quote of uh smedley butler Right. It, you know, did you know what Smelly Butler did when he separated from service? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tell us about how much of a war horse he was when we were in boot camp. But he never they never tell us that, like, when he got he, when he gets out, he was the most anti-war Marine. So you're talking about one of the most decorated Marines that ever served two Medal of Honors. Right. And he he wrote a book and was giving speeches when he came out called War is a Racket. And he said, War is a Racket. It is and it always has been. It is possibly the oldest, surely the most vicious and easily the most profitable. It is the only racket in which profits are reckoned in dollars and losses and lives. And the reason why he was doing this is because five of the richest businessmen came to him like right after World War I and they wanted him to, go, to do a coup d'etat so that he, they could continue going to war so that they could make their profits. He told them to go fuck themselves. He's like, then he realized that his whole service, it was like war is a racket and that's what he did. So I leave it with a quote from Smedley Butler. It's like, you can say whatever the fuck you want to say to me, but question a fucking war horse like that you know what i what i often say is like you know people always say well you're over there fighting for oil you know just i always look at them and tell them like look i was <laughs> i was there for my brothers of course that's the only thing i was there for i honestly really i could care less why i was there i was a 50 cal gunner on convoy tours and so my whole goal was to find ieds i was a lead gunner in 2008 so my whole <laughs> what goal- are you gonna do shoot it motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wanted to, but they always told me no. So, but no, my, upon. <laughs> so my goal was to find IEDs. Yeah, and so we like the I, first, the first truckers. Yeah, I was a lead gunner. Okay, cool. So we we'd be up front, and we'd be probably you know like hundred meters in front, and then every other truck was spaced about fifty meters, right? Yeah. So just in case it did go off on us, the other guys would be okay. Mm-hmm. And so we're essentially sacrificial lambs, and I was one hundred and fifty percent okay with being in that slot because that means that if I find that thing. 
it doesn't blow up my guys, yeah. then I did my job. I saved my brothers, right? Yeah. Or if we start getting shot at, you know, I have my 50 cal and mm-hmm. I was a damn good shot. So I, I, I wasn't really good at much in the military, but shooting the 50 cal and the, the 240, all the heavies, I was very good at that. Um, that 50 cal, and, bro. Nothing man. makes you feel like a man than shooting one of those. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> I always tell people, so I actually got in trouble from a, a general, I, not the general, but for saying something to the general. So we had a general come out with us and he was shooting the 50 cal with us. And yeah. for some reason, they chose me to go up there with him. I'm like, <laughs> are you sure? I was like, because you know I can't hold my tongue. But like, yeah. don't say a fucking word. I'm like, okay, okay, got it. So he goes out there and he's like, oh, is it, do you like shooting this thing? I was like, well, sir. I was like, I gotta say, if you shoot a 50 cal and you don't get an erection, you're not doing it right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so he starts laughing, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, ah, I got him. It's like, because generals are just people, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, whatever. Cool. So my my sergeant's like, what the fuck did you just say? What did I tell you? I'm like, ah, come on, he laughed, right? And so yeah. I got a I got an LOR for that. What? Oh yeah. Oh, What's an LOR? What is it? A letter of reprimand. Pretty much like, don't do that again. Yeah. But it's paperwork, so you get enough of them, you can get kicked out. Such so, bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, just to just to cap the the point is like we 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 got up there and we did all that mm-hmm. and we're telling the story, right? And we went like childhood service and post service and we all had like different pieces and they were like intermingled. It was pretty good. Uh cause because our director, like he really, you know, guided us well. And um at the end we would have a QA. And that's when the family members were able to ask questions. And then the veterans were talking. So what it started is that, you know, that whole thing where we're like, we don't say nothing because it's like, you don't understand. And it's like, well, you don't understand because we don't tell you. Yeah. How they feel about it and what they see in our daily lives and what we struggle through. And then at the same time, we look at it the other side. What are they going through? And we don't think about it like that. We just want to be bunkered down in our little hole. Not yeah. thinking of anything else, you know. We want to stay away so we don't break something else, you know. Yeah, and that's that's great that they did that. You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's easier to regress than actually go out and you know talk about it. Yeah, you know. So so that was that was the magic from that experience, and that's why I appreciate it. I mean, me and the guys fell out, you know, after a while, but I'm I'm really appreciative that we were able to do that work. Yeah, well, can you send me all that info? I've never heard of that. Yeah, I'll send so, you some stuff. Okay, I'll send cool. you some videos. Must not have been that good. Sending here, but no, <laughs> we ain't watching a documentary. <laughs> I'm really excited to read that, man. That's awesome. I love that you did that. That's really cool. Yeah. I, like, I, would, I would probably fit in with the hippies, the hippie veterans. I've been called the Buddha veteran. I've been called the hippie <laughs> veteran. It's it's weird nicknames. It's, you're you're yeah. a combat hippie. Because yeah. when I when I created the name, that's like what I was thinking about. It's like veterans like us. So you have the bro vets, like the Matt Best and, you know, all of them. You know, they're always wearing American flag hats and shit like that. Mm-hmm. They're doing their thing, you know, which is cool. And then you have like the combat hippies who, you know, we we got the warrior in us. We train jujitsu, but, you it's know, like we the, like all the yoga and the fucking meditation. It's like the that. warrior in a garden mindset. Exactly. You know, you know exactly. like it's because it's, you know, um, um, <clears throat> Zach McGuffey. McGuffey? God damn it. I'm sorry, Zach. Um so Zach runs 22 until Valhalla. So we yeah. actually, we got introduced to each other because we have, like said, you know, like-minded. Yeah. We talk about meditation. We talk about, you know, yoga. We talk about all these different things that veterans can try to kind of soothe themselves, right? You calm yeah. that warrior within, right? Mm-hmm. So when you can control that interior warrior and actually get him to understand, like, listen, it's time to calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when life really gets better because you can actually start to move forward. Yeah. You know, 
Because it works because that's the thing about a warrior, right? If you think about the art warrior archetype, not the warrior job, which would be like, you know, like an infantryman, like that's a warrior job, mm-hmm. right? But the warrior archetype, like people like us, right? We need to fight something or else we're going to fight ourselves. So when you were talking about purpose at the gym today, it's like it's it's so important because that warrior spirit needs to fight something. And to caveat on that, what have I been telling you the whole time for our saying that I gave you? I didn't come up with it, but what have I been saying? I, I know it, but yeah. I can't remember so, the words exactly. So you like you're said. saying is fight for what you want now or fight against what you don't want later. And I heard it from a motivational speak. I don't know his name. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But I mean, that, that's hit hard, you know, yeah. and it's something that, you know, kind of as a white belt, you know, you think of it as, all right, you know, first thing your black belt tells you, just survive. And then you have to think and overcome on side of it. So you're fighting for what you want now or fighting against what you want later. Mm. And it's, it's real deep. I mean, it's, it's great. Damn. Yeah. And yeah, so everybody's been writing quotes on our bus, mm-hmm. you know, because. Oh, I can write some quotes on your yeah, shit? Yeah. Mm. So people keep, actually, you got stickers? Yes. So when we go back down there, I've been having people put stickers on our ceiling. Okay. So very cool. Um, but no, so um, you know, back to back to the resiliency of continuing, right? Mm-hmm. The the amount of times we broke down, we broke down like twenty times, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't even gotten to the gas tank I had to drop. Ah! Over had, Schulenberg, yeah. Texas, we went through. The what? Over in Schulenberg, thirty minutes from my house. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we we the amount of breakdowns, man. Like I said, I've replaced um the engine. Uh, the muffler, the fuel pump, three fuel lines, uh, the starter, the battery, um, probably about a hundred spark plug wires because they keep <laughs> every morning. Because there, there's no so people that understand cars, there's no heat shield on the manifold. That's per, so the heat shield protects the spark plug wires from the heat of the manifold, and then there's also a slight leak in the manifold, so it's shooting hot air up into it. So those spark plug wires keep essentially they're melting, and they're arcing off of the manifold. And so what that did eventually is it blew the distributor cap and it also blew the rotor inside the distributor. So I replaced that too. Um, and there's many more things that I've had to change. So now um, the last time we actually went and went to a dealership, they they dropped the gas tank again because the manifolds are glowing, right? So that's usually because there's an issue with the air fuel mixture. And so we got to drop the gas tank here in the next day or two. And uh, we have to replace the gas tank. We have to replace the fuel pump, the fuel filter. It's all pretty easy, to be honest. One of your guys at your gym, um, bald head, beard, military BJJ, rash guard. I interviewed him today. What was his name? Uh, bald head, though? <sighs> oh, Pew. Yes, yes. So he said he's got a friend who's a diesel mechanic. He's like, yeah, yeah. you guys can probably come back to my house and do it at our shop. So we might be doing that tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Pew's a, Pew's a good dude. <laughs> Part of the story, man. Yeah. So after we well, leave the dealership... Are you recording a lot of that stuff when it's happening? So Is somebody on the camera, get the camera. It should There's be. There's a fire. Right? Get yeah. the camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, We've been skipping those. Yeah. We. No. Part of the long story. story. I I you, don't want to get too in depth with it because he's got his own shit going on. But I had to part ways with the oh, cameraman. You did so mention that to me. There there was a lot of, a lot of things that were not getting done that I wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary. You're supposed to document mm-hmm. every time something happens. I'm like, just record it. Just record it. You know, don't freak out. Just record it. You know, let me handle everything. Because one thing I told him, like, you know, 
every because he was having a hard time with all the breakdowns, and I get it. I totally get it, right? Who wants to ride around some crazy guy? Shit, I'd wants- be like, this is good content, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the, the that's mind the of idea. a yeah, look yeah, at Bo yeah. in his head, the mind of a production guy or a cameraman. Yeah. Like this is content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I just I think he bit off more than he could chew. And so yeah. he, he ended up going home it. and he, you know, and I love the guy. I love him. Um, even after all this. I'm a little disappointed, yes, but I love the guy. And I told him, like, your your mental health is more important than this fucking tour. Yeah. You need to just go home. So he, he ended up parting ways. Was there and, a point that I know you told me you talked to the board, was there a point that you were thinking about dropping the bus and then just like yeah. flying to all the cities or stopping completely? So when <laughs> So when the radiator blew, uh, <laughs> add that to the list. The, ra- the radiator blew. You might have been blew. able to buy it just like a, a regular bus. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to talk about any more breakdowns, right? Um, so when the what ended up happening was the distributor cap was jacked, the rotor was jacked. So we ended up fixing that. But on our way from Phoenix to Albuquerque, um, we ended up making it to. We went through Albuquerque and we went south and stopped in Roswell. Right, so I want to get some pancakes and stuff. I got to check out some of the Roswell stuff, right? Bro, you got to chill outside at night. Make you make sure it's you know, I made sure everything was sealed up very well. All right. I slept with extra boxers on just in case. <laughs> <laughs> no ET phoning home. <laughs> so we our radiator blew in. Uh, <laughs> our radiator blew in Roswell, right? So I, you know, like I said, solution based, right? I don't yeah. freak out. His problem was he he didn't know how to handle these situations, and instead of breaking up the camera and recording, which is what I wanted him to do, and I said it a hundred times, but it just uh, he was he was done, you know, and it was too much for him. And so I was like, you know what, this is not good for you. You need to go home. Um, so what ended up happening was the the radiator blew, and he didn't record. I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm just I got this. So we ended up finding a radiator shop. What had happened was the the guys at the auto shop couldn't figure out the fan issue because there's a clutch. You, there's a left clutch and a right clutch for this fan for this old engine so it makes the fan spin the correct way they didn't have the right clutch they ended up just taking that fan off and putting on an electric fan and they went through the radiator which is okay it's not a bad thing so there's little spaces but they put these gaps on there they didn't put a, a gasket so it actually broke a hole it was rubbing and it rubbed a hole against the radiator and popped it so the repair guy like i keep telling you man the amount of people who reach out and help us is just it's amazing um in uh in Roswell, this radiator repair guy I told him what we were doing and everything. I asked him, I was like, Can I help you? I was like, Because like I'm I'm trying to get this going, right? If you need help, there's something I could do to help you, let me know. He's like, No, nah, just go ahead. It, initially he's like, Yeah, I can do it, but I don't have anybody to pull the radiator. I was like, give me five minutes. I ripped that thing out in like five <laughs> minutes. I was like, Okay, let's get this done. Cause we were trying to get to uh we had to get the Midland BJJ. Otherwise we're gonna miss the Midland stop. Um so we ended up uh, I pulled it for him. He fixed it in like 20 minutes. Came back out and he handed it to us. He's like, here you go. I was like, okay, how much do we owe you? He's like, it took me five minutes. He's like, it's fine. He's like, just take it and go. He's like, get your, get you guys back on the road. So, um, you know, radio radiator repair in, uh, Roswell, New Mexico. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, so they got us on the road, but then you go back to California. We broke down one night. We ended up sleeping on the side of the road on a exit ramp on a curve oh, because we could, the bus wouldn't start. We couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And that's the, that's when the starter went out. So we had to replace the starter, but we also realized <laughs> no, there was a, there was a fuel line in the back. Yeah, hold the bus already. Dude, it's a 2021 yes. Chevy van. So <laughs> the fuel line in the back was dripping. It was like a piece of nylon. So whatever tubing they use was crap. So I had to replace the tube. I replaced the, we got a fuel pump just in case. I thought that's what it was, but I didn't want to do that because I had to drop the gas tank. 
So I ended up changing the fuel pump and the starter and we got going. But while I was working on that, some guy just randomly stopped. He's like, hey, because uh, on the front of our bus, it says Warriors Next Adventure Fighting Veteran Suicide. And on the front, it's got like Hulk Hogan lettering that says Warrior Wagon. I'm going to change that to Struggle Bus. But <laughs> Struggle Bus. <laughs> this guy came up to me. He's like, you know, my dad was a Vietnam veteran. He actually he killed himself. And he's like, I, I love what you guys are doing. And he ends up going and buying us these giant uh, chorizo burritos because it was breakfast time. So he bought us breakfast. And uh, he went and bought our fuel pump for us and our fuel filter because I had a I forgot I had to put on a fuel filter too. Um, Add that to the list. So this guy bought that for us, brought it to us, and like just out of the generosity, he just sees these guys working on a bus. I'm all about beating a dead horse. So you could have probably like rented an RV for what you spent now, um, right? At this point. So again, let me just emphasize <laughs> that everybody <laughs> knew <laughs> everybody knew what they were donating to. Yeah. You know, and I explained the situation and everybody chose to donate to this because they believe in it, gotcha. right? You believe in the warrior wagon, bro. Look, the war over ten thousand dollars in this thing. Oh shit. Could have just bought a brand new RV. Let me fa- let me fast forward to something for a second because mm. I'm curious. Um, what is the vision for where this is gonna air? Is there a vision? Of like, is this going to be free somewhere? Are you going to try to like it's getting on, Netflix. on YouTube on Netflix? Calling it out so right gonna, now, Netflix, you know, baby. Is, have out of just out of curiosity, have you put any thought into any of that yet? So what I want to do is, um, I've been getting B roll at every single gym. I've been trying to get at least thirty to forty minutes of B roll, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm doing an interview with somebody on that B roll as well. Um, my goal is to do like an episodic series on YouTube. Okay. So every gym, I want to have their own episode. Okay. Um, so what we can do is we can cut an episode of us breaking down. <laughs> every, every episode at and this then, point and should have at least one breakdown. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Almost every single so like, Let's day. tune in to see where it breaks down today. I know, right? <laughs> today on Warriors Next right. Breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to do an episodic series so we can have like a little comedy stuff because I'm a smart ass. I mean, you guys know that. It's You are? I'm What? Huh? Huh? No. Let me write that in crayon for <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. I might lick it. Uh, you know what I mean? It's crayon. No, I, I want to know what, we're going to come back to the crayon <laughs> thing. I, I want to know about the crayon thing right now. What's this thing with the crayons and Marines? Because crayons or Marines are a little slow and <laughs> they need to write things in crayon to understand, but they're, they're so stupid. They just they need the crayons. <laughs> so if you, you ever see, see how Jeremy's looking at him, right? <laughs> his mouth is watering. I know. I'm going to show him a nice, I'm a nice rear naked by himself. <laughs> It's it's always funny. There's a there's a meme where it's like Bobby Hill putting a piece of paper on the window of like a school, mm-hmm. and then oh, he yeah. says, "If those kids could read, they'd be really upset." <laughs> I, I put something on there. Uh, it's something about like Marines and crayons, and uh, it was God. What was it? it? It was something making fun of Marines or something like that. And so why. My comment was, if these Marines could read this, they'd be so upset. And that thing got shared like that got shared like five thousand times. It. I didn't yeah. know you made it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty it's good. It's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, so my goal for this is to put it on YouTube for the series, right? And that's to prep for the documentary itself, okay. right? right? So nice. um, I'm gonna edit the series myself. Um, I I do video editing. I'm not fantastic. Um, so. You know, Bo and I had talked a little bit about, you know, getting some help here and there. So if I need pointers and stuff, I'm probably going to reach out to you, dude. Um, but for the most part, what I plan on doing is making the first few episodes myself, releasing them and seeing what people think. Um, mm-hmm. I want people to actually say, like, you know, do you enjoy this? Is this something you'll continue to watch? Um, and if it is, then I'll just keep going with it. Um, the documentary itself, I, I have a few guys that I've talked to about editing, and I have a specific idea so like when i'm doing my interviews i'm piecing the documentary together in my head 
I just need help getting this on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so my goal is Netflix. I'm okay. I'm big on manifesting your future. Yeah, I've decided that I will get this on Netflix, and not because of the money. Yeah, I mean, documentaries make like fifty thousand or something like that. Personally, nobody's making that money, but it's going to go back to the not the the nonprofit, right? So if Netflix puts us on there, the Warriors Next Adventure gets like fifty grand, right? And I promised We Defy, they get ten percent of this. So I said 10% after the tour, but I'm, you know, saying it for the first time, whatever we make from the documentary, we're going to give 10% to We Defy because I truly believe in their mission. And they've helped us out so much with uh, using their athletes, you know, obviously, you know, Jeremy coming out with us and uh, Tyler. And, and I want to tell you one place where I think that you're wrong, though. Don't just put it out and see what happens, because with YouTube, things tend to pick up steam. Yeah. And sometimes that's a week. Sometimes it's a month. Our our episodes usually it takes a, a, like a week or two and then it just gets shared more and and then it picks up steam and it gets rolling faster and faster. Yeah. So don't think that. What are you like a marketing guy or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, just don't two, don't yeah. short set. Don't sell yourself short. Don't yeah. don't go. Well, I put two out there and it didn't get that much. You know, I'm just no, you just gotta just, you gotta depend on your network to to share it. Sure. We will. We defy. We will. My main thing is, man, is I I want. I'm very hard on myself. And if I'm going through all of this, I, I want to give the best that I can. Mm-hmm. And I want these stories to be impactful. You know, mm-hmm. like I talked to a couple of your guys today and I told them, you know, we talked about some pretty serious shit, you know, some stuff that they're like, we, I don't talk about this. Um, but what I told them is, listen, when you share your story about some of the struggles that you've been through, um, you know, friends that you've lost, um, you know, like Brandon shared a great story today. Um, my brother brandon or no brandon Brent, uh, the other one yeah so he shared an amazing story today about losing a brother mm-hmm. and uh, he was there and then the same thing happened to him recently you know shortly after again i'm not going to talk too much about it because yeah, i want yeah. you to hear it on the documentary mm-hmm. um but he talked about that guilt that he has you know and every single day he wishes it could have been him and mm-hmm. so one thing that i want to preface for there's a lot of veterans who listen to this stuff is you know that that survivor's guilt is something that many of us go through and our families have a hard time understanding it because we wish that we could replace them with us. It's not because we want to die. I don't want to die, you know, and I have my own shit going on where my head, you know, tells me that I'm not as good as I think I am. And, you know, I still struggle with depression and this nonprofit is essentially my therapy because I always tell people that if you can, if you can talk to somebody and share with them some information that they may need to hear, Sometimes you're talking to yourself and you don't even realize it. So you take some of that and you bring it inside. Um, yeah. So course. what I told him is, you know, just because you have that feeling of survivor's guilt, you wish it could have been you. A lot of veterans get tricked into thinking that they're suicidal when really all you want to do is you want your friends to be alive again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you transition over to making it sound like I wish I was in their place when mm-hmm. really I wish they were still alive. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. So that's some of the stuff that, that we're going to talk about in this. And uh, I decided that throughout the documentary, I'm going to be narrating it mm-hmm. because there's a lot of shit that's not being said, that's that's being communicated, but not being said. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure to to hit a lot of points as we go around, right? It's kind of like a Mike Rowe kind of thing. I love Mike Rowe. He's like one of my heroes. Um, if I ever got to meet that guy, I'd, I love dirty, dirty the, Jobs. Uh, dirty Jobs. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love him. I love the what he does, you know, a lot of the stuff he does. Um, but I, I want it to be kind of like that because essentially I'm, it's going to be a journey, you know, follow me on this journey. This is what we're doing. Um, and we're going to share some 
just amazing story. I've cried like 30 times on this tour, man. You know, not <laughs> yeah. even during interviews, but side conversations. There's a yeah. lot of conversations that I've had on this tour that are not going to be in the documentary because some veterans don't feel comfortable talking about this on camera. I get it. I don't give a shit about footage, right? I need it, yes, of course, but my main goal in this nonprofit is getting veterans talking. If I lose footage because I got a vet who really wants to share something, but I'm like, no, we need it on camera. Sorry. Who the hell am I, right? And it takes the heart out of it. And it really it gets does. that inspiration that keeps you moving to want to do this. And that's that's huge. So Yeah. And it's I, I just I want people to share. The whole premise of this nonprofit is to get veterans talking about those things that we don't talk about. You know, finding the right person to share these things because I often say, you know, if if you're if you're in a ship going down the sea, every time something happens, a new trauma, right? You box that shit up, you throw it in the hull, instead yeah. of dealing with it, what's gonna happen to that ship? It's gonna sink. It's gonna sink. So you oh. have to share some of that stuff. You have to unbox all those things. You always hear about unpacking, yeah. right? You don't often hear about repacking and reorganizing. Mm. So you have to think about that. I often say, you know, when I give some of my speeches, um, by the, I actually have my first keynote. We talked about me trying to be a keynote speaker. Mm. I have my yeah. first paid event on the 26th. Really? Oh, I'm super happy. It's online. And nice. I told him, I'm like, listen, I'm in a van traveling the country. I'll do it. <laughs> but it's not going to be the greatest setting. So it's uh, like 3,500 people. Perfect setting. And I'm like, yeah. Oof, that's the biggest for, crowd for I've ever who, had. For, can you, can you it's, share? It's a, it's a financial company. Okay. Um, so they're doing like a, uh, like a uh, team building thing. And so they wanted somebody to speak on inspiration, like something inspirational. So I'm giving my speech and my six principles. Um, so, do, you, do, you, do you guys know what inspiration actually means? The actual definition? I mean, I know like what it, it means is, like no. to breathe life into something. That's the actual definition. Yeah. But when? Yeah, it means to breathe. I thought he was taking a hit. Like to breathe life. <laughs> so, so I, I just, I just say that because, like, it, like inspiration is kind of like thrown around, kind of like motivation, whatever. But like, if somebody truly feels inspired by something that you said or did, it's literally you breathe life into them. So, I mean, that's that's, that's that's the goal for a lot of us. I mean, me and Jeremy have had many conversations on the. Two. I've had a week to hang out with this guy, you know, under the bus. Manufacturing lucky, lucky our own exhaust. Oh yeah, we didn't even covers. say we uh, we had to cut off our exhaust and manufacture a new one. We did it in O'Reilly's parking lot. So I five good job. Hey, Marines are useful so, sometimes, bro. Jeremy, what's your story? How did give us your kind of your point of view on on how you got involved with this? So and then your background. Yeah, yeah tell so, us as much as you can. Uh, my jujitsu started with the foundation that I work with. Um, it's Dave Reaver Foundation. They bring out vets. They do something similar to this, just a little bit different. And uh, Dave's son, Matt, who runs the Texas location, he's he does jujitsu and he just got promoted to brown belt, which is really awesome. Yes. And he's like, you know, he's seen my struggles and where I've been through and, you know, all the survivor's guilt and everything and everything else that's gone with it. It's like, hey, you want to roll? I'm like, what the heck does roll mean? So I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Let's go roll. And so we went over and we did our first roll. And he's the one that actually started me getting into jujitsu, which is amazing. Awesome. And uh, I reached out to uh, Weedify and, you know, I talked with Keely and uh, she talked with TJ and everything. It's did somebody a- put you onto them? Or you found them yourself? Uh, yeah. So the gym that's actually down the road from where I live, they're the ones that, you know, got me in contact and we said, Hey, Weedify has a great program, you know, and they told me a story behind it. Um, and so I've been training with Weedify since January, even though January at 
believe it was fifth, I had a rib pop out for the first time. Oh, hey, out welcome of the cartilage. to the party, pal. Yeah, so that I'm was about a month. Coming off a rib injury. Yeah. So you know the pain in that, and you know we're talking about fight for what you want now, and or fight against what you don't want later. You know, and you want to fight through that. You want to go and roll and everything. But the whole jujitsu thing behind it has opened my eyes of you know not being scared about going into crowds. You know, being able to talk with, interact with other people, and not have to cower and be mm. you know like I want to be in my bubble. Mm-hmm. And now we have the kids inside of it, and my wife is doing it as well. Yeah, your kids so just won the tournament. Yeah, and the yeah they did great. My great. son, he won three yeah. golds, and Today? then my daughter yeah. won two silvers in the first Hell one. Yeah. Yeah, Hell it, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, talking about depression and everything, you know, you sit there and, like last night, I'm not going to, you know, uh, steal your joy out of it and stuff, but, you know, there's the little things in life that we miss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're so focused on what we want to do in the future and, you know, how big you want to get stuff, but we don't step back and look and see, hey, when my kids come over and they give me a hug and they say, I love you, dad, you know, you don't think of it as anything because you're just like, all right, yeah, whatever. But then you reflect on it and it's, you miss that time to take that joy. You know, people mm-hmm. with PTS, I'm not going to say the D because it's not something, it's not that hat that we wear, but, you know, that feeling of emotions and, you know, having happy and, you know, sad and, you know, having joy and fulfillment and being able to see it, you know, it, it diminishes whenever you, whenever you go through that with depression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so not to get into sob story with that and everything, but, uh, jujitsu has honestly gotten me out of my bubble and my fear zone about everything else. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff and dealing with, but it's starting that breakthrough of, you know, one step at a time fighting that I don't want to be, by myself i don't want to miss the little things in life and see my kids growing and you know having the experiences in life because life is short you know mm-hmm. the way that we look at it and you know as a marine you want to be the best that you can be in anything because wow. you know marines are badasses so i mean of course um, you know yeah. i mean uh, we're kind of a no, big deal no air force right yeah no, I mean. and <laughs> yeah so uh the reason why i actually reached out with the dave reaver foundation is um i was telling nick about it uh one of my uh, self motivators, you know, one of my senior Marines, uh, his name is Matthew Brinker, most badass dude in the world. You know, he's the, he always went above and beyond and everything. He was a Marine Corps scout or advanced scout sniper. He yeah. left the Marine Corps, you know, did a bunch of deployments. He went and joined the Navy, became a Navy SEAL sniper. What the fuck? And then he had gotten out. And what broke me down is he committed suicide. Mm. And it was, I don't remember how long it was whenever he got out, but, uh, he had shot himself and I was telling Nick about it. Whenever everybody went to his funeral, you know, we looked at, you know, we had all the hogs tooths out there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seals stamping in, uh, their pens and every their tridents. And you look and how many of those guys that flew all over the country could have talked to him in that one point, you know, cause we don't want to share our emotions. You know, one is being a man, being a Marine, you know, being a badass. Yeah. We don't want to show that, that weakness. Cause you know, mm-hmm. that's not something that we do, you know, just like with jujitsu, you get put in a headlock. What are you going to do? I'm just going to sit there because if I don't show pain, he's going to go for something else. Yeah. I, I mean, that's my trick, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's something that's powerful. Just you know, don't, you don't, just don't do it emotion. too long. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, so, I mean, I could, I'll show you all the pictures of it later and stuff, but yeah. uh, there was all those guys that traveled all across the country and one phone call or text, you know, 
just to speak your mind, I mean, we've dealt with veterans and stuff, you know, with all the various uh, foundations I work with and like with Nick and I mean, your buddies and stuff. I mean, you're a bond. It's just like jujitsu. I mean, you're a brotherhood in it mm-hmm. and you can reach out to somebody for techniques or whatever and they're going to they're going to spoon feed it to you. I mean, it could be right and it could be wrong, but at least you're talking to them. You can disrupt that mind. And uh, and also like the talking, like I said, mm-hmm. when we were speaking earlier, it's like once we get like all that aggression out, mm-hmm. we just become like cool and we sit yeah. on the walls and just start talking. Yeah. And like I was telling you earlier, like there's been plenty of times where me and other vets were just sitting there like just bawling on the mm-hmm. mats. We're like in our own little corner and it's just like just comes out. Yeah. I told you mm-hmm. one of the one of the best memories I have from the first gym when you used to come in and chairing was was sitting around and i i won't go into it but you were you had a very different mindset at that time Mm -hmm. about the military and what you had gone through you you were were angry you were angry can i say that yeah Yeah, you you were angry and you were telling when you were telling the stories you were very angry on you know why we were there and yeah was was it about oil and you know yeah i I was super angry you know Mm -hmm. since we're since we're talking about you know our friends committing suicide it's like i was very angry because I came out and, you know, we didn't lose any guys over there, you know, thank goodness. Right. But I remember being in my apartment one day and I get a call from one of our guys. Right. And he's like, yo, he's like, did you know Simmons killed himself two years ago? And I just started bawling because it's when I just started the combat hippies. Mm -hmm. Right. And we were like a couple months into it, already did our first show. And here we are, like we have these shirts that said post-traumatic stress with it crossed out and it had growth on there. And, you know, here we are telling the community about this and we're like the champions against veteran suicide. And it's like one of my boys fucking killed himself like right under our watch. And he didn't like, he didn't say anything. The last thing, Simmons was always like a goofball, right? He's always a goofball. So uh, I remember when he got out, cause he got out after me, he kept like reaching out and he's like, yo, he's like, the government this and the government that like you know they're watching me like all kinds of shit i'm like simmons shut the fuck up like i never <laughs> i never took him serious like whatever and then all of a sudden the messages stopped but i'm like it's just simmons being simmons mm-hmm. and then two years later that's when i found out and losing a guy in combat you know it sucks especially if you like witness it right mm-hmm. but like we survived all of that just to come back home and and, and, and lose a guy here yeah that was so much harder to deal with yeah, it's the ones so, we lose back home are the hardest ones. How yeah. do you get those guys? How do you get that guy to reach out? Like you said, it's very hard for us to admit that that there's a weakness. The yeah. mission. Yeah. This is mission. this is why I I love what you're doing so much. And it's like the authenticity comes out. It's like it's not the money. It's the mission. The mm-hmm. mission. The mission. The mission. That the that focus on the mission is why you continue to just go through breakdown after breakdown after breakdown and just keep fucking going. Right. And if you think about our military experience, right, the reason why it's like not all of us got along. Right. But the reason oh, yeah. why the the primary whatever the fuck about leadership is is mission accomplishment, yeah. then troop welfare is because when you have that hyper focus on the mission, you don't focus on the bullshit. Yeah. Right. You're able to get the mission accomplished by any means. Right. So. I forgot what the fuck I was talking about, but you, you get what I'm well, saying. I was, right? I, well, I was <laughs> you know, philosophical. How do you, get, how do you get that? How do you make sure that a guy like Simmons, oh, you know, this. Re- reaching so, so out? This. Yeah, but, so this. Most, but it's got to be like, how do you de- how do you get them? Yeah, because if he's over there and he's not reaching out to mm-hmm. you, oh. and maybe he doesn't know about Warriors Next, how do you help that guy? 
what what do you, we or other people that aren't having that issue at that moment, how do we help? I have an idea. Oh, so, have an so idea. what's the most basic thing? Like when you go to 29 Palms, like with CACs and everything, what are you always told to go with? When you're going to the restroom or oh, going, a battle buddy. A battle buddy. And you have your guys that are in your unit, whether you like them or not, like everybody had a good friend. One of my great friends and Clay Newberry, he committed suicide after he had gotten out. And he actually committed suicide the day that I flew into uh, um, Spring Springfield, Missouri. I was going through MP school at that time. Mm. And the night that I flew in, I was like, I'm going to text him and tell him I'm here, you know, because we were great. We were, you know, we were roommates and everything. And then that next, I think it was that next morning, I tried to text him. Same thing. No text, no text back. I'm like, okay, this guy's just being a D-bag or something, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I found out a couple of days later, he committed suicide the, di- or the day that, or he OD'd, you know, the night that I came in. And, you know, having that survival skill, again, is if I could have just reached out to him and not be like, ah, I'll just text him in the morning or whatnot, you know. It, it could have saved his life. And that's what I, I believe. But having a battle buddy, you know, whether it's in your unit or guys that you roll with and everything, that's even better with jujitsu. I mean, you're right there. You can talk about the stuff. And- when you guys get out, though, is it, do you guys sometimes kind of like, I'm just glad to be out and don't want to necessarily talk to each other? How close is like, a certain did, point of that? How, how closely did you guys, each the, of you, the, the, keep in communication with, yeah. those, with those guys that you served with? The, the thing about it is like when we're serving, right? You have, uh, the orders right you're you have to show up at this place at this time your your schedule is laid out for you right your whole life is dictated for you but and 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 we start that when we first get in and then that behavior is reinforced for however long that you've been in there mm-hmm. the issue right with the transition period is that there's not a proper teaching of how to become a civilian again mm-hmm. Right, how to dictate yeah, they, your they own fucking task schedule. Program, it's to, it's, that's it's a week. It's, yeah. Yeah. All it is is this is how you dress for a job interview. This is how you get your yeah. benefits from the yeah. VA. They don't talk Bye. about this yeah. is how you process your mental health by getting yeah. out of the military. No. And, and, and they don't tell us. And I mean, I think it's like, it, it's probably assumed, but they don't tell you you're not going to have people readily there to lean on. Yeah. You're not going to have a sergeant or whoever the fuck. You're not going to have yeah, your battle you, buddy. You can't just reach yeah. out to your first sergeant and be like, hey, how do I do this? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't reach out to first time at all, but yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I wouldn't either. But <laughs> Fuck that dude. Well, see, you know what I mean? but, the, one, the one thing that I, I always tell people is like, you know, when when you first get out, man, life is rough. And I actually talked to one of your guys today. I was telling him, uh, I asked him, how often do you talk about this story? He's like, I, I don't. I was like, so uh, no, this was a couple of days ago. I've had a lot of similar conversations. So. Um, a guy who's still in the military. This was uh, mm-hmm. back in Twin Wolves up in uh, Harker Heights. Great conversation with a guy who just recently lost somebody in his platoon two weeks ago. And he's sitting here telling me this story. And uh, you could tell he's very good at hiding emotions. Of course. I can see when people are hiding it. And I'm usually going to say things here and there to drive it out because I want them, essentially I want them to cry. Because what you're doing is you're, you're truly releasing those pain, that pain, right? Mm-hmm. That pain usually comes off in tears. You know, the true pain, right? Anger is is a mask. Anger is all anger is really doing is trying to push away that sadness, right? Oh, I know that. So yeah. We all do pretty pretty mm-hmm. fucking well. So when when you actually get to that point where you're starting to release that much, where that much pressure is coming out and then boom, it comes out in tears, that's when you're like, fuck yeah, I got them. Right. Cause it's not the fact that I want them to cry. I want them to feel it. You know, like we talked about today, you can't truly heal from this stuff 
talking about it, yes, good. You have to feel it. Yes, you have to so feel I it. So I told him, I was like, you know, that the more and more you keep burying this shit, it's going to haunt you when you get out. I was like, your your military service is, is ending, I think he said like a year or two. Mm-hmm. I was like, if you don't start now, it's going to be really difficult when you get out. I was like, so I want you to fucking call me the day that you get out and let's yeah. have a conversation. And that's the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. It's mentorship. Yes. Right? It's like the veterans who's been in the game for a little while and those new guys coming out, it's just like, yo, we have to mentor. Like all the veterans listening to this and it's like mentorship is the key because you can, it's just like, it's you just like continue people to watch check, each other's backs. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's people checking into a new unit. Like this is the it's first like a sergeant div. taking care of the privates. Yeah. You know, you come in, you onboard and you know, the, the, the NCOs come and they grab you and they make you check in or whatever. But then you got like that corporal or even a, like a senior Lance corporal that will take you and like show you the ropes, mm-hmm. right? They're not showing us the ropes of how to deal with the mm-hmm. civilian life. And one thing that uh, keeps coming up, right? The, the number one symptom of PTSD is depression, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I, one of my mentors shared this with me. So I'm going to ask you guys, right? What's the opposite of depression? Happiness. Okay. That's what I would say. Joy. I want to say happiness. Which is a common answer. Happ- happiness or joy, joy, but I feel like it's... All right, so... Right, so what did you say your guy was doing, right? He was masking it, right? He was depressing his emotions, right? So the only, pro- the opposite of depression is expression, right? You have to express it somehow. You have to feel it and just let it out, right? You don't care for the tears, right? But you know, once those tears come out, it's felt, it's expressed. I like that. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I got that from my mentor, Elliot Hose. He's like my big brother. So one, one thing that I also tell people too is environment is everything. For sure. Um, so the first principle and my six principles is, is who do you have, right? So I always tell people to stop and look at who you have yourself surrounded by. Mm-hmm. You're going to have shooting stars who light up the dark skies, and then you're going to have your black clouds who bring you down, and they mm-hmm. literally they bet against you. They, everybody has one of those two people in there, right? Everybody has the people in the middle who are just like the you know social friends. Um, so you have to really think about what what is your environment, right? So when you get out, you can, you can choose to be many different things. You're essentially reborn into a new life. You can be whoever you want when you get out of the military, right? And I always ask people, and I, I've been wanting to ask you guys this question. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask each one of you individually. I want to hear your answer. Um, and I want to see your reaction because the reaction that I usually get to this answer makes me smile because it's usually the mm. same thing. Um, when it comes to your environment, the game is you have a pot of boiling water, you have a potato and an egg, right? The egg starts off soft, fragile, and it gets hard, you know, thick. And you have a potato. The potato starts off hard, and when you boil it, it gets soft. Which would you rather be? Ooh, yeah, going deep. Don't think too much into it. Just, um, just basic answer. I mean, I don't, I don't think that I ever want to end soft. So I think I would want to be the egg. I think egg. we all start off soft and then you become harder as you, you grow. The egg, older. because egg in Spanish, huevos means balls. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a Drew answer. That's hey, a Drew, Drew answer right Drew there. Drew Phoenix quotable, baby. And so <laughs> this is post-deployment or post-military? Just, or? just whatever. So I would say in my side, you know, looking out of it, I'm going to have to go potato. I want to go from being <clears throat> that badass hard Marine and be that soft, affectionate, Dad and husband. So, oh, I want to ask you too. What would you rather be? Okay. So, one thing I always ask people: What was presented? 
People don't realize oh, that. Shit. Why not be the water? Because the water is what's changing. The water is the environment. The water is changing the potato. The water is changing that egg. And what it's doing is it's changing it and altering the state. Right? That, that, know, that right? question wasn't marine proof, bro. We got to talk <laughs> yeah. about this. So essentially what it's saying is when you always have the choice to be the environment, right? So the mentors, right? When you were doing your speaking, you know, with, with you, with the work you're doing with the Reaver Foundation and, um, this kid's a just a bag of fucking gold here with a lot of things that we've yeah, talked about, right? So, it, <laughs> but no, like a lot of I've learned a lot. So every time I do this with veterans, I'm I'm learning as well as trying to spread knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the water. I don't want to be the potato anymore. I don't want to be the egg. Mm. You know, I don't want to be swayed by my environment. So, and that that includes mm. internally. So people don't realize that you can actually control how you feel, right? Mm. Uh, Rob Frisbee, one of my troopers, um, I miss that guy so much. He was, uh, he was one of my troopers a couple of years ago. Um, he had cancer and it was terminal. He, he knew he was dying. Um, I was going through a divorce, my second one. Um, Third time's yeah, charm, baby. Uh, good. Um, so I was going through divorce and I was being a sappy little bitch and I was dealing it with it, but I was getting to the point where I started to realize that, you know what? I'm going to let myself be sad. Mm. You know, for this portion of time, I'm going to be okay with being sad because I need to deal with these emotions. Right. So I was dealing with it the way I believe you should. Um, And I'm vocal about my mental state on Facebook because everybody on Facebook is like, oh, look at this cool thing I did. Look at this cool thing. Look at this amazing thing. I'm like, you know what? Today, I don't feel very good. And a lot of people like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, don't talk about that. Feelings, bro. It's like, you know, the reason why I do that is not for you, not for the judgmental person who's going to give me shit. It's for the person who messages me or calls me like, bro, I've been feeling the same way. Mm. And I don't do it so I can complain or be a bitch. I do it to be open and to be vulnerable, to share my feelings. Like, hey, listen, this is how I'm feeling. So Rob, Rob calls me up. He's like, hey, man, how are you doing? I was like, I'm just like, I'm dealing with some shit. He's like, man, I've been paying attention to you. I'm just really I'm looking out for it. I was like, dude, you're fucking dying. Like, why are you calling me asking if I'm okay? And I just felt like such a pussy. And I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm just dealing with the thing my way. And, you know, I'm just trying to go through it. He's like, listen, I want you to remember something. And uh, he told me, he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm dying. He's like, I'm going to be dead soon. He, he died like two months later. Um, and uh, fucking just getting emotional out of nowhere. Um, he said to me, you, you choose how you feel. It's absolutely a choice. I say often with my nonprofit, one of my best quotes for this nonprofit that I enjoy is you can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control your reaction. So by controlling your reactions, you essentially become the water because you are the one that's controlling your reactions on the internal side. Because a lot of people just act on a whim and, you know, they get destructive. They drink, they fucking punch through walls. They do a bunch of dumb shit, right? But if you really stop, you take a step back and you really process that what's happening to me right now, not what's going on in this situation, but what's happening to me. And you actually start to understand, like, okay, I can deal with this a few ways. I can get angry. What does that solve? Nothing. Um, I can react momentarily. Okay, that's good because then you get that frustration. When I'm driving, I react all the time. Motherfucker. Like, I'm not afraid to, like, react right away. But as soon as I let it out, I'm done. Because you don't need to. You know, you, you, you always choose how you react, right? When, it, when my wife left me, I was sad and I let myself be sad because I was choosing to process it that way. But you have to understand how, how long are you going to let that control you? 
Are you going to make a change? Or are you going to say, okay, I think it's time. You have to choose when your time is up, when your time is up to start healing because that process is you. You know, I said something to one of your guys today and he's like, you know, Drew, Drew is, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be here without Drew. You know, I wouldn't be who I am without Drew. I wouldn't be who I am. So he very, speaks very highly of you. But I told him, I was like, one thing I want you to understand, who's the one that chose to go to jujitsu? Who's the one that chose to show up? Who's the one that chose to start speaking? It's you. We're just a tool. You know, you're, you're a jujitsu coach. You're, you're a mentor. You will always be a mentor to your students. You're a tool. Jiu-jitsu is a tool, right? We don't heal unless we choose to heal, mm. unless you choose how you feel. You start moving forward and making those growths, the post-traumatic growth. Um, and that potato, the water, and the egg saying, there's a lot of people that just blows them away because nobody sees the water as an option. We don't have to be swayed by our environment. We can be the environment. And if you're surrounded by a negative environment, you need to leave that environment. Mm. You know, when it comes to... I hope you know, you know I'm stealing that. Go for me. it. I'm all for <laughs> it, man. Stealing like an artist, baby. <laughs> it's, I initially no, it's heard gold. the potato and the egg thing, and nobody. It, there was never an, a water for the answer. It was always the potato or the egg. The potato or the egg. It's like, well, what the fuck about the water? The water is the one's changing them. Yeah. So why can't I be the water? So when I chose okay, to start. Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's like when you're telling me I'm hearing, okay, like the, you're, you control your internal environment, right? And you also have a choice. Like, okay, you're controlling your internal environment and you could choose to be the egg or you could choose to be the potato, right? Like you said, mm-hmm. hard and soft, right? Or what we gave was like soft and hard. And I often like when I'm mentoring like young men, I always tell them like, yo, to me, like I ask them like what they think an alpha male is, right? And they'll give me like, you know, like the dude with the biggest muscles, got the most girls, da 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 And I'm like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, right? But understand to me that like a true expression of an alpha male He's a dick, right? It's somebody that knows when to be tender, when to be soft, and when to be hard. Because if you think of that alpha wolf. <laughs> like an actual dick. Like that an actual dick. <laughs> right? Oh. Just think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't you got to be a dick, bro. Because <laughs> I threw you off. You're like, what, dick? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Because think about it, right? Like, 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 you're, like a woman, for example, right? If it's like. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to go on PC. Look, if it's like a woman, she wants you to be a dick. She wants you to be soft when you need to be soft and hard when you want to be hard. Imagine fucking walking around like this. You're going to be bumping into shit, knocking shit off the table. Right? Nobody wants that. Right? And like with your children, you can't be so fucking hard all the time. Yeah. You know, you got to know when to just chill. That's one thing with veterans that we struggle with so much. Um, yeah. Because ignorant is feelings again. You know, we don't know how to dictate joy. We don't know how it is to feel that and how to what it's like to have that anger and expressed onto you. And having little bits, you know, training with the stuff, you know, you can start, you know, bringing those emotions back into your life and start expressing them. And it's mm-hmm. yeah. It's That's funny because the, you you yelled at a kid today at training. He was she was going to roll with the girl. Mm-hmm. You oh, yelled yeah. at him, but at the end of the class, you were hugging him. Yeah. Like I, I so saw I, you I do that today. Yeah, because you know, that's you one thing you have to do as a leader. Yeah, it's hard to know. So yeah, because uh that kid in particular, he was he was in our kids program. You know, he got a little big and he's always had a little bit of a of a a thing with like anger. Like he's very intense. And when he got bigger than most of the kids, he started like to really go hard on Hulk them. Hulk smash. Yeah, Hulk smash them, right? So he was going with one of our girls, uh, I call her the triangle queen. Cause she just gets triangles from everywhere. Then I show her some stuff. It's awesome. I can't wait to show her heel hooks. She comes up. All right, I got a foot fetish. Anyways, so uh, 
he so so the kid right the kid uh one day he he was smashing the triangle queen so i was like all right i was like ian come here and i smack i did the same thing he did to her i did it to him right and you know because i wanted it like to be like a coaching moment right and then eventually like we got him into the adults class now he's in adults class can't really do that too much right so we've been working on him with it but today you know there's a new girl she just started last week and I look over and he's like jumping on her back and like trying to choke her. I said, yeah. I was like, stop, 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 stop. Right. And he's like, uh. and then I grabbed him, you know, I like reprimanded him right there. Like, yo, don't do that. And, you know, I told him why he shouldn't be doing that. And then I let him roll. And then afterwards, you know, I grabbed him and I hugged him like, Ian, listen. And, you know, I broke it down like, yo, you can't be so hard. Jiu-Jitsu is about being hard and soft. And you got to have the control enough to know when to be hard and when to be soft. A brand new person, you don't smash them like that. I was like, do you like it when I do that to you? He's like, no. I was like, okay. And then after that, I had a role with him in another white belt. No. <laughs> two on one. <laughs> two yeah, two on one. And yeah, my son has the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter has the confidence issue. That's why I put her in jiu-jitsu. Um, yeah. Super, just the sweetest kid I've ever met. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love this kid. Um, she was actually at Shabaro's gym when we went mm-hmm. there on the ninth. Probably the most emotional I've ever been sharing my story. Because mm. the first time ever, my daughter was sitting right next to me. And oh. uh, while I was sharing my story, talking about, um, you know, finding yourself after the military, you know, she's sitting right there and I'm sharing a story about how I almost took my own life. Oh, I tried to shoot myself in the fucking head. Oh. And my kid was sitting at home, you know, both my kids. Mm. And it wasn't enough for me. And... You know, we talk about being so hard on our kids and everything like that. It's just, it took me so long to actually like my kids again. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like a dick for that. You know, it's, I can't control it. I can't change the past. But when I first got out, I didn't like my kids. I didn't like being around them. They didn't bring me joy. They didn't make me happy. I just hated my life. And then that moment, just everything changed. And then my daughter sat there looking at me. And then some guy shared a post. Um, Shortly after that, he he actually won the Warriors Next Adventure Gi. And he shared a post, you know, talking about me sharing my story. He's like, his daughter was sitting right next to him, staring up into his eyes, you know, with, uh, you know, just admiring him. And I just, that, that was that was a lot for me because. Uh, she hadn't heard that story before at all? We ever? talked a little bit about it. But the reason why it made me so emotional was like, it brought me back to that moment. And I felt those feelings again. And. Mm. uh like I talk about being emotional, right? I'm mm-hmm. not afraid to show emotion. I'm not afraid to cry. I'm not afraid to get this point because I can probably choke out and punch, beat the shit out of most people <laughs> who would make fun of me. Because mm-hmm. um, most you hear that, bell? Get, hey, but you the, hear the that people bell? that make fun of you deserve it. So let's yeah. go. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> deserve it. But like most most jujitsu guys, most guys that are capable of stuff like that, they understand. You know, showing that emotion is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here trying to get through this speech, and I have to actually stop because. In my mind, I'm back at that moment, mm-hmm. and I'm talking myself out of it, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, when that when that moment happened, um, when I tried, it was shortly after that I decided that I was I, I didn't think that person existed that could have talked me out of it, you know. Out of all my battle buddies that I had, I, I didn't think that person existed, so I decided to manifest that person and create that person in my brain and become that person. And so that's where all the all the studies and all the research came from. Um, and then I started doing polls on Facebook and everything. 
Polling veterans is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> you usually get random dick pics. Dude, every <laughs> one of them are like, you're a fucking idiot. Your study's stupid. Like, what do you work for, Hillary? It was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, so I did a lot of polls and everything. I wanted to understand. Like, I wanted to know what were the issues? What were yeah. the main things we struggle with? Sense of purpose? Mm-hmm. Camaraderie? Mm-hmm. Um, something I've actually learned on this tour, which, which Gregory from uh, Fargo BJJ was the first to say it, is accountability. We hold each yes. other accountable, um, but we also need adventure, mission, adventure, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then financial relationships. I mean, I'm the divorced king. I'm probably not the person to talk to about relationships, but I had a gunny when we first checked in. He always used to say, he's like, watch out for the answers, the finances and the romance. <laughs> the answers, <laughs> baby. He's like, they'll get you every time. Yeah. So I started, I started realizing that those are the things. Those are the main things, right? And I yeah. started to think more and more like jiu-jitsu literally takes care of all of those. Yeah. It hurts the finance because jiu-jitsu is expensive. Until, just, until you learn man. how to make money from jiu-jitsu. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, like a podcast or, you know, right yeah, in a gym. gym. So it's, jiu-jitsu takes care of all those. So yeah. camaraderie. Or Gordon Ryan, who's like a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Were you were you shocked when he said he makes millions of dollars from his instructionals? I wasn't shocked because I saw a month. Did he say he maybe made a million dollars last month or some shit? A million dollars. He's making a million dollars. I mean, mostly from instructionals. He may be the best ever. So may no gi, yeah, sure, no gi. So jujitsu takes care of all those things. Camaraderie, first off. Um, Look at this. Maybe none of us would have met if it wasn't for jujitsu. For sure. I, no, I'm say for sure. Yeah. yeah, no. You know, because obviously I'm in Minnesota. He's in Texas. You guys are in Florida. Um, and your, you beard, know, your beard scares me, so I, yeah, I probably... A beard, uh, hippie uh, hair inside of a scary band that keeps breaking so. down. I, I, I know, do. right? Long <laughs> hair, beard. So like, hey, hey, hop into my band, I just want to go on record to say that... I'm done with you. I just want to go on record and say that the beard doesn't scare me. So it handles that camaraderie aspect, you know, and... The blood, sweat, and tears. We suffer together. We fight together. We roll together. We go to tournaments together, right? You guys ever obviously been to tournaments with your team? Mm-hmm. Dude, when your teammate wins, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I have to more nervous. I have when... to, did you, you saw that video when we were at Arthur Suave? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Slapping the mat. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm in coach's corner, right? And the other coach is there. And it's two white belts, right? <laughs> one of my white belts, one of his white belts. You would have thought that they were at White Belt Worlds the way that we had that place on fire. I'm sitting there screaming, let's go! Like slapping the mat and shit. Yeah, the whole team's behind me Instagram. fucking going like, nuts. Right, their team's going nuts, we're going nuts. And it's just like, the White Belts are there, they're going at it. And it was like, man, it was a good experience because it's like their first tournament. It, it, was, it was awesome. Well, see, so, what that does too is like when you're out there competing, right? Yeah. When, when you train jiu-jitsu, you have a team, you're together, right? When you go out there, you are lit- physically, you are solo. You're by yourself. Yeah. Mentally, you have your whole team behind you. You know, especially if, even if they're not there. Yeah. Um, the ones that are there are usually screaming and yelling. You get that energy, right? That energy helps you. Yeah. You know, when I was a fighter, anytime I, the more people I had at the crowd watching me, the mm-hmm. more energized I felt because A, I didn't want to let them down. B, they're there to watch a show. So I'm going to perform, right? Like when I won my, uh, when I won Fight of the Night in 2016 against Yama, we beat the shit out of each other. Nice. You know, so a lot of people don't know my fight name was Princess. So. <laughs> it's perfect. All I got to say is that it Why? started with a long night of alcohol in Brazil. We'll just leave it at that. Whoa. Um, oh, we'll let your mind wander on that. I would have heard that. <laughs> so my, my fight name was Princess, right? 
So, so hot, they had announced you as Nick Princess Ron. Princess Nick Ron, yeah. Princess Nick Ron. Bro, great. I love it. Was it. Great. So my, our, <laughs> our professor down in Brazil, his name is Rafael. We call him Rafael Simpson because the back of his head is really long. Looks like Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> um, great guy. Awesome dude. I, I love him. I, I really hope he moves up to Minnesota because he's talking about it. So we're staying in his his you know bachelor suite above the gym. And yeah. so we go we go there and we show up. I'm going through a divorce at this time, mm-hmm. my, my first one. Um, and I was not handling it right. And she was constantly texting me. And I was, oh, I got to answer her. Like, no, I don't. My coach kept telling me, he's like, dude, leave her alone. Just turn your phone off. You're on vacation in Brazil. So I was like, okay. And slowly started to get away from that. But I was a heavy drinker at the time. Um, I wouldn't say I was alcoholic anymore. But when I drank, I liked to drink a lot. Like and party, so, bro. Yeah. yeah. So we'd stay up to like three o'clock in the morning eating picanha, which, oh my God, if you've never had picanha in Brazil, whoo, it's amazing. I could imagine. So we'd be in picanha. Um, you know, chicken hearts and all kinds of stuff, all kinds of Brazilian meats, right? So I'm full of meat, full of alcohol, and we go to bed at three. I'm sleeping, right? Yeah, First yeah, class like is at like line. nine a.m. and I'm like, I'm waking up for that. Get out of here. <laughs> so about twelve thirty rolls around, I wake up to princess, wake up, princess. <laughs> Sorry, Rafael comes yeah. around the corner trying to wake me up. So I was sleeping on a fucking toddler bed. So half my legs were hanging off the edge of the bed and shit. <laughs> so they come over and start tickling my feet. Like, princess, wake up. And so I was like, God, fuck you guys. So I go downstairs for class at the 12 o'clock class. And he goes, everybody welcome princess. And I'm like, fuck you guys. So every day it was princess, princess, princess. Like, God, fuck Stuck. you guys. So Matt Merritt, he's probably listening to this. Fuck you, Matt. Um, <laughs> so we go home and this dude, the first class I come to, he's got the kids class. He, he, used to teach, he teaches kids class. So I walk in the door, and then all the kids in unison, hi, princess. <laughs> ah, fuck you guys. Gold. I hate all of you. So my first fight coming up after Brazil, um, we went in September. My first fight was December because mm-hmm. going through the divorce, she was the one that made me quit jiu-jitsu and MMA. And again, let me preface, me and her get along pretty well. Uh, we do well with the kids and everything like that. However, back Good. then, hated her. We did not get along. She made me quit jiu-jitsu. She made me quit MMA because mm-hmm. it took too much time away from her. You chose to. I did choose, right? Mm-hmm. So she told me, you got to quit jiu-jitsu. And I said, okay. <laughs> so don't anybody ever do that. If you Never. love something, don't quit something if you love it. Because you will for end up anyone. resenting that person. For yeah, anyone. for sure. So I quit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to so start, start fighting again. And so I said, I'm going to be the best jiu-jitsu fighter in Minnesota. So I get back. And uh, I start to sign up my form, you know, like your your weight, your height, and everything. And then nickname came in. And Mark Mortensen came up to me. He's like, you realize if you don't put Princess on that nickname, we're not coming to the fight. I was like, I'm not going into an MMA fight as Princess. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. No. So so they're introducing me as Princess. Yeah. So, so I come out, Princess, Nick, Ron. And I walk on, and I'm smiling. Because in MMA, I laugh and smile all the time. There's so many pictures of me fighting, smiling, right? And I was that weirdo, like, in my fight picture, I'm like, you know, everyone else is like, Ugh. they're like, killer and punisher and all this crazy shit. And Princess. And everyone's like, I heard a bunch of people go, what? Like, people are like, what the fuck? And so by the end of this fight, I ended up winning my first fight back. Uh, I fought in 2009 in my first MMA fight. I started off boxing in 08 in Iraq. And uh, I started doing jiu-jitsu and a little bit of Muay Thai. And then I did an MMA fight in 09. And after that, I quit. 
uh, did a little jujitsu on deployment, stuff like that. So I was a little rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had been training about a year at this time, uh, jujitsu. I didn't have a stand-up coach. And so I was doing a lot of stuff, my old boxing drills. And then uh, this guy named Brett was helping me out with a little bit of Muay Thai stuff. So I didn't really have a stand-up coach, but still I beat the brakes off this guy. A uh, minute and 13 seconds, I beat him with an arm bar. So there was one point he pushed me at the, against the cage. And I was really good at dirty boxing because um, I was tall and lanky, so it was easier to get my limbs out. So I hit him one time with an uppercut, and I got he's got a giant Harry Potter scar on his forehead now. That oh, thing was shit. down to the skull. It was gross. What? So he gets up. There's blood everywhere, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I've never seen that much blood in a fight with me, Did at you least. start getting woozy? No, I was just like, oh, dude, like, fuck, what did I do? So, okay. So he goes <laughs> to take me down. This guy was short, right? So he suplexes my ass because my dumb ass put my hand over his arm. <laughs> so he just throws At me. At this moment, you realize you fucked yeah. up. <laughs> so I, I do this this arm bar, which, by the way, I didn't go over it with you today. Yeah, I'll be there Damn tomorrow. It. You, have, you, have a, yeah, you have a special awesome. arm bar? I'm gonna come. Yeah, so um, my coach set me up with an arm bar transition that, that just works really well for me. So you start off um, with gi. I reach cross, deep gi. I grab the, the sleeve, and I shrimp to this side. And then what I do is I shrimp again, but when I shrimp, I extend my body and I slide my knee on top of their shoulder and I drive their shoulder down to the ground. My other leg is underneath their body. So when I transition, I bring my shoulder back. I slide that knee out a little bit. So my knee is down, my foot is down under his body and my leg slides from his, his knee or from his shoulder down to the mat and my leg hooks the back of his neck. And then what I do is I roll. Oh. So it's an alligator roll arm bar. So if he doesn't tap right away, because I squeeze my knees so tight and I, I get it, that bitch tight. If he doesn't squeeze or if he doesn't tap right as I start to roll, it dislocates your shoulder. I'm and so I'm, looking forward to training with you tomorrow. You're teaching so us this at 11 a.m. geek class. You could, you could show you it to me. To, I, will, oh, I, oh, I, I, I want you to. You're, I, I love they're getting voluntold. Yeah, we have, right here. We've got his... We've got his uh, you be the jiu-jitsu dummy. Uki right yeah. there. Yeah, I'm feeling the jiu-jitsu so I'll, I'll give so, him one of my white belts. <laughs> so this dude's bleeding all over the place, and he suplexes me, but he, he lands on his, he lands turtle, posts it out. And so I dove on that shoulder, and I rolled. As I rolled, I heard, pop, snap. So I popped his shoulder, and I popped his elbow. And I just let go before he even tapped, and the ref came over. He's like, thank you for tapping. He's like, you would have ripped his shit apart. So I won. Minute and 10 seconds, I get up screaming on the cage. I'm like, ah, I feel like fucking Superman, right? And so, you princess, know, things, princess, dude, the princess. whole crowd was cheering princess. Like, this is the <laughs> fucking stupidest thing. So then 2016, the fight of the night, you know, half the crowd was there to see Yama. And they all loved him because he was very well known. He's just he's very good at promoting himself. Um, hell of a good cook, too. He's got his own restaurant. Amazing Afghan Mediterranean bistro. I go there all the time. Um, so this dude and I just beating the shit out of each other first round. So I'm going to tell you guys something I have to confess. And I'm so sorry. Please don't judge me. Um, in that second round, he was beating the brakes off my ass, right? Hitting me with overhand rights. The first punch of the fight hits me with the overhand right. I still have his knuckle marks in my forehead <laughs> right here. Um, it hurts so fucking bad. I smiled and I was like, all right, here we go. The first punch of the fight. So afterwards, he's like, that took my fucking soul. He's like, you smiled at me, you motherfucker. You, I hit you so hard and you smiled. <laughs> I was like, I smile because it hurt. <laughs> you motherfucker. So the, the second round, he's just blasting me, right? And so I pulled guard. Oh, no. In an MMA fight. And my Jesus. coach is like, what are you doing? I was like, just trust me. So I don't like people on my side control, yeah. but I'm okay with guard, right? Yeah. So I pulled him down on my guard, and right away I swept him. And I got on top. Nice. So I had him out, and I just bop, 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 start beating the fuck out of him. 
So he rolled again. We got against the cage, and I got a weak rear naked choke. I, I wasn't going to sink it. The bell rang. So at the end of the round, the second round, everyone was screaming, Yama, Yama, and then princess, princess. <laughs> like, this is so stupid. So that third round comes out. We high five. And That's uh, awesome. it's the, the, the bell rings. I was like, let's give him a show. I was like, let's knock each other out, man. And so we go to line up. He comes at me, and I hit a retreating left hook, and I dropped him. As he dropped, I, sw- I swung around. I took rear naked choke. And uh, body triangled him and just, bah! and I just remember saying, please tap, please tap, please tap, please tap. Just blood squirting out of his face because I uh, popped a blood vessel in his mm-hmm. nose. And uh, he tapped. I jumped up and just everybody, princess. There's thousands of people in there screaming princess. <laughs> princess. And I, I, I was on top of the cage yelling the whole time. I was like, they're screaming princess. <laughs> they're not screaming Nick or Ron. It's princess. I will you be, are the princess. I will be cutting this into multiple promo videos. Oh, dude. I, so. Did oh, I you tell you about the time gold. I shit my pants in an MMA fight? No. <laughs> no, but you're going to tell us right now. <laughs> so, Let's go, baby. <laughs> so, um, after that fight. Hold on. <laughs> after that fight, um, like I said, I want to be a jiu-jitsu fighter. So, that's two fights now with submission. I was like, fuck yeah. So, I talked myself into a title shot against Cameron Gilliam. Cameron yeah. Gilliam was ranked number one in the country. And so <laughs> everyone's like, you have no fucking chance of beating this guy. I was like, fuck it. Who cares? What's the worst he could do is knock me out. Um, he wasn't really known for his striking, but his wrestling is phenomenal. And so I was like, I'm going to fucking beat this guy. So I have a really good training camp. Um, I worked a lot of takedown defense. He still took me down like three times. Damn. It. Um, so the first round, I had a really bad weight cut. And so I was super mm-hmm. bloated. So when I went to replenish the night before, I had eaten a cheeseburger, right? So I eat meat before every fight to, to gain, because I need that protein, right? And so a lot of people tell you what you should and should eat. My body likes to digest red meat the night before because it Hell sits yeah. easier. And then the next day, like pancakes, eggs, and shit, like early morning. And then I kind of just ride out the rest of the day. Um, but this time, for some reason, I just, I didn't. Something wasn't sitting right. The burger that I got was super red, and I ate like half of it. I'm like, I probably shouldn't be eating this day before a fight. And uh, I drank way too much water, so I was bloated. Because your body can only process about 16 ounces. and then I think it's eight ounces an hour. But mm-hmm. I was drinking way too much. Yeah. So if you look at some of my pictures from that fight, I look fat. And it was because I was ripped the night before, but I drank too much, and I bloated up. So I was about 190 pounds that fight. I We're fighting at 170. And uh, so he goes out there. And, all day, I just had the bubble gut. Just, I was like, oh, fuck. So I, I never really got nervous in fights. Like, I really didn't. And uh, the only time I got nervous is when I was walking out. And then I get in the cage and everything was fine again. But beforehand, I'd shit like 30 times mm. in one day. Yeah, and it was I'm just nonstop. Pre, I'm a pre-fight shitter. Oh, me bro. too. So we get out there. We get in the cage. And I had pooped like 30 times, right? So I'm like, okay, there can't be anything else left in the system, right? So we get out there, the bell rings, high five. He fucking Goldberg spears the shit out of me, literally. So he hit me so hard in my stomach, I farted. And I was like, ooh, oh, shit. So I squeezed, right? I squeezed my butt together as tight as I could, right? And so I'm sitting there like, oh, I just shit my fucking pants. And I'm just uppercutting him and shit. And I'm like, fuck. So he took me down. We got back up. We're standing. And I'm just like, God, oh, please don't drop out of my pants. So I had spandex on, right? So I always wear spandex underneath my fight shorts. And so, uh, luckily, I squeezed that turd tight enough where it was, like, pfft, like stuck. And it wasn't going nowhere, right? So, I'm glad at that point it was visual, mushy. How about? Yeah. I'm the glad visual. it was mushy, not hard. Because if it was hard, it probably would have, uh-huh. boop, just a little present on the mat there. <laughs> so, 
the round is over. I go sit down. My coach gets in there. Uh, Sean Gilliver was my corner with uh, Coach Mark Mortensen. So they put the chair down. I sit down. I was like, I shit my pants. Like, no, dude, you're doing good. I was like, no, I shit my pants. There's literally poop in my pants right now. And so I'm just like, I don't know what to do right now. And he's like, just just stay standing. Don't get taken down, right? Ten seconds in the second round. Just boom, hits me in the gut again. I was like, oh, no, not again. So I was like, okay, we're good. And so he gets side control. And right, I don't like people on my side control. I literally put my feet down. Just go ahead and take it, you know, because I'm really good at sweeping from mount. So I swept for Mount, but I fucked up and I left my arm up and he caught me and had an arm choke. I'd never been happier for a fucking fight to be over because they, they called around and to top that I was wearing white shorts. So the inner part of the ass crack was, you could tell, right? But you couldn't tell because it was underneath and like my butt, I got a big butt, so it's kind of hard to see. Um, so the, they call the fight and everything like that. We go outside and everyone wants to talk to you. Right? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. And I was like, no, no, no. You need to talk. I was like, I'll be right back. So I go to the, go to the hotel, pull my pants off, and I had to literally have to peel my fucking pants off. I mean, it was so gross, dude. I scrubbed my fucking pants to get the poo stain out of there. Oh man! Oh man, it was bad. So I go back out there, day. start high fiving people. Yeah, it was a shitty situation. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is, nobody knew. Not one person knew. But of course, I started telling people because it's fucking funny. <laughs> so not one person would have known I shit my pants if I didn't Shitty say anything. princess. <laughs> the brown princess. The brown princess. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it, it was frustrating, man. But uh, this is great yeah. conversation. But I got some stuff for you guys. Oh, hell I yeah. Give this, uh... You said XL? Uh, and large, large. Right? Large or XL? I can wear an XL, but large. This is an XL. That's fine. Right. I'll shrink it. Check it out. Thanks, yeah, brother. You, if you dry it, you'll be good. Large? Yeah. Those awesome. are some podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Drew, that I've had awesome. this sitting around waiting for you. Oh, shit. I told shit. you I was going to get your rash guard. You nice. are the man, bro. No I matter like what they say man. about this guy, he is I know. the man. I do like those rash guards, man. Oh, man. It's going to match my black now, belt real nice. I actually nice. got two rash guards for you guys. Oh, it just didn't come in time. No, like, I get sorry, the one off. I, Thank I can you, order bro. them one off Thank anytime. You. Appreciate you. Thank um, you. Yeah, so I didn't, uh, it didn't come in time. Yeah. So I have them, and I'll get them to you. I'm going to wear this at my next competition, bro. Nice. I'm going to wear this at my next competition. like it. Now, I have something for Bo. I don't think he's really going to accept it. I've been trying to get him to do jujitsu. Uh-oh. So I, I have a gi for Bo. Oh, nice. This is a, I mean, we all know Shoyu Roll. Oh, yeah, Shoyu Roll's a good roll. This is like what a the really fuck? Great I've never even got a Shoyu Roll gi. Hey, I gave you the, what did I give you? No, you didn't give me a, a flowing roll. Flow, no, no, no. That's a, no, you gave me a flowing roll. Because no, I wear this no, shit all the time. Flow, it's not flow It's not flowing roll. The Jiu Jitsu I, I won those, yeah. I won those. It's um, it's not a show you roll, bro. It's flow. And it's not. Roll. I'm saying it's not flow and roll. I promise you, it's not a flow and roll. I'm almost that blue one. I'm is uh, it's a it's a different brand. I got it's not show you roll. We won them. Pull it out. It's I'm not, not a flow and roll. The shit up, anyway, Bo, this is a really really like so like these are sort after geese. Bro, now, what does that say? I'm hoping that's flow flow kimono. That's oh, not flow and roll. Shit, that's flow. <laughs> Give Where's that, the dunce that fucking that hat thing. that I could? So, Bo, this is uh, <laughs> got your black gi, so you look like a ninja. There you go. This is a gi for you with the white belt. You I'm can put it. that uh, you will try it on and 
roll around. Let me show you. Hey, you can put it on and troll around for chicks, man. They like those white belts. We gotta get a mat for the living room. We can do it. We can a second degree. I can start showing you some stuff on the rug out there that you put out there, but this is for you if you if you choose to accept it. It will self-destruct. As, as, the, as the black belt in so, charge here, this is, he this has is for to. You. <laughs> right. I, I figure I can't, like, I'm, I've been trying to get him to do it. I figured this is kind of going to force the, kind of force the, the decision hand. a little bit. And listen, you don't have to, like, go start training, but you put that gi on, I'll bring my gi. Well, I'll show you some stuff. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Yeah, the girls yeah, will love yeah, it. you are in Miami, Especially right? that white yeah. belt, man. You, send me the pictures. <laughs> Don't wear the white belt, though. <laughs> you, you see that Theo Vaughn skit where he's like, you know, just so you know, like, I'm I'm a white belt. He's like, I'm a two-stripe white belt. So, like, you know, if anything uh, happens, like, I can, I mean, I could try. I probably won't be any help, but do you know? Do you know who the girl, the girl is on that? On that? Mm-hmm. Kalila? Uh, do you watch, you ever hear Tiger Belly with no. Bobby Lee? That's, mm-hmm. I know Bobby Lee. Bobby he's Lee hilarious. from Mad TV. That's his girlfriend. Oh, okay. They live together and they do a podcast called uh, Tiger Belly. They do a podcast. Oh, okay. It's really funny. And it was actually one of the podcasts that somebody gave me like, hey, look, watch this. And as a little bit of inspiration when I first started. So, uh, yeah, it's a really good podcast. But that there's always jokes about uh, Brendan Schaub and him that they have a crush on her. Well, that they want to bang her, you know. So she was on that podcast by herself, but then it was, you know, yeah, that was a good. But oh, the was it was that him saying that? that. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was also like kind of like they were always talking about him and Brendan Shaw both wanting to smash Bobby Lee's girlfriend. And yeah, I, mean, I butchered it by hot. the way. So go listen to that. <laughs> so I wasn't trying to stop the podcast. I just I, I no, don't want to forget. Nice, man. So enjoy enjoy the stuff. Thank you. Yeah, so, I, I have a quick question for Jeremy though. What what's it? What was uh, you've mentioned an organization that you're working with? Or yeah, that the you, Dave that, the Dave Reaver Foundation. What is that? So they bring out veterans uh, that are dealing with PTSD and everything. Okay. And they've been around for a while. You know, they do motivational speaking and everything. Is that is it more local to where you are? Or so they, they have a location. Yeah. So we actually moved down or back down to Texas. They live in Kerrville, Texas. That's the one location, okay. and then over in Eagle Summit Ranch, Colorado. Um, and they've the so Dave, he is a Vietnam veteran. Uh, he was a, I want to say it was a brown water, black beret. Anyways, he had got uh, shot. They went back out. They went to go uh, throw a white phosphorus grenade inside of the breast where they had got uh, uh, attacked at. And he's he shot. Like, that's, that's pretty awesome if you're going to go back out again. Like, that's really cool. Anyways, he went to go through the white <laughs> yeah. phosphorus grenade. And uh, a enemy sniper hit the grenade as it was passing by his by his ear and so he's he's on fire and everything so what does he do he jumps into the water to try and put out the flame well what does white phosphorus burn off of oxygen and oxygen it makes is in. It way worse yeah so he's i mean I, I would look him up and just listen to his story it's it's amazing <clears throat> but uh his son matt reaver uh He's the one that got me into jujitsu and okay. But they bring right. out veterans, you know, get them. It's a week out there. And, uh, you know, they go over different uh, ways to cope with PTSD. Mm-hmm. But they also have uh, they have winning with integrity, which is very great for the uh, the service member himself. But they do other ones. They have um, the spouse. Uh, um, what is it called? I'm sorry. Uh, but basically, you and your spouse will go there and y'all can like learn. Like a couple's retreat? Yeah, it's a couple's retreat. That's it. So... They'll get the perspective of what the veteran's going through, but you'll get the perspective of what the spouse is dealing with because that's mm. a completely different animal that we don't understand. But it's the same thing. It was Talk like, about lack of training. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Like, and it, they're just thrown into it, like, real hard. Because, you know, it's like, I don't want to deal with me, and now she's dealing with me. I really like, can't understand. There are no are there no government organizations that really help you with this? Everything is, so the is dates, in yeah, so the, private, right? Or private foundations and outside yeah, there's organizations. A lot of, there's a lot of community support, like, when it comes to, like, mm-hmm. nonprofits and stuff. But mm-hmm. there is no, like, reverse boot camp. Yeah. That's what's needed. Like, to re- reintegrate. Yeah. yeah, there needs to spend some time where you're not sergeant or corporal or fucking airman so and so. Like that's just- that's one of the things I'm trying to do with the retreat in Minnesota. So yeah. with the proceeds from this documentary, if I get into Netflix, there's a chance that we when can- yeah, when <laughs> when I get into Netflix. So average documentary makes about fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, right? So when I left for this tour, I actually lost my job with the state patrol in Minnesota. Um, they essentially said that either you're not going or you're not going to have a job and you come back. And so I was like, peace. Um, Fuck them. <laughs> I love my job. I miss my troopers. And to, to be honest, the, the amount of emails and text messages I got from my troopers from my, my goodbye email, um, I, I was, I was blown away. Um, a couple of them saying like, you know, you, you saved my life that day. And, um, cause we got to overwatch them on the cameras and, I've screamed at them at the top of my lungs, like, hey, you got a car coming your way in the winter. You know, they slide all over the place. So I've I've yelled at a few troopers from, you know, making sure they don't get hit because um, that, that was my job, the protector, right? So I continued that job as the protector in the military to dispatch because I wanted to keep yeah. my troopers safe. Um, so, that, yeah, that, that was just overwhelming. Um, but I decided that when I get back, I'm actually turning in my 401k. And my deferred comp, and I have about thirty thousand dollars, and so yeah. I have enough to maybe buy about. <coughs> I'm trying to buy twenty acres of land. Mm-hmm. Um, what my goal is to eventually either make the money myself because I believe in my mission one hundred percent. No shit. So I need people to start seeing like how dedicated I am to this. I I will get rid of my retirement to make sure that this happens. Mm-hmm. So as he talks about the David the David Dave Reaver Dave Reaver Foundation. Um, then there's also Mighty Oaks. I reached mm-hmm. out to Chad from Mighty Oaks. I told him, look, you are an inspiration to me. Um, personally, my retreat is not going to be faith-based. There's a lot of these organizations. I'm not saying they're bad, but there's a lot of veterans who are not religious. And so these faith-based retreats turn them away. They don't turn them away, but the veteran themselves don't want to go there. They're not fully focused when they do go there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So there's what, like there's a resistance. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. you think they're trying to pound Jesus into you when yeah. really they're just trying to help you yeah. process yeah. it. Right. Jesus so, love. Yeah. So mine isn't going to be anti-religion. It's just what I plan on doing is doing that that reverse boot camp and mm-hmm. using those six principles that I came up with to actually talk to these veterans and get them to start realizing that your mindset is everything your environment is everything so again with the potato the water and egg is the big thing that i'm pushing with these guys are you going to continue to let your past control you or are you going to stop and process that understand what's going on inside you and you are going to start laying out the pathway of your life and choosing where your life goes rather than reacting to where your life is going to go so essentially that's what i want to do with this retreat like i said we'll have a wood shop auto shop jiu-jitsu mats um like i said i i when i get the jiu-jitsu mats up i'd love for you to come up and do a veterans jiu-jitsu weekend yeah that, so that'd be uh, sweet and oh, he'll hook you yeah i know right? get every fucking veteran no heel, heel hook. hook whoa we whoa. only pull guard in that gym <laughs> we could pull guard and heel hook. you know what i mean that's the only time it's acceptable but no as you were talking I'll, i'm i'm thinking like this i am totally down to come up and do that but i also there's other things that i could do too because i believe in that mission 100 
thousand percent. It's like they we need a reverse bouquet. Yeah. Essentially, it's it's going to be a a regain your life. Yeah. Trip. So it, it'll be like the span of five days. Um, you'll fly. Oh, in a, my bad. But I got that? I got experience doing retreats like that too. Yeah. So like it'll be a five day retreat. So you fly in on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. I'll have somebody in a fifteen passenger van says free candy on the side. Um, so we'll pick you up at the airport, drive you up there. We'll do it an orient bus. <laughs> no, because the bus will break down on the way to the airport. Um, so it'll be an orientation day. So we'll get to show you all the all different stuff. Like I said, we'll have uh, Timber, the wolf from Minnesota Wolf Dogs. They're actually giving me Timber, so Timber is so awesome. my wolf. Um, you so gotta we'll tell have, you gotta tell the podcast a story about the wolf. Just saying. yeah. So so Minnesota Wolf Dogs. We have a program called Operation Wolf Dog, and we actually created Operation Wolf Dog with Minnesota wolf dogs. So they're a wolf sanctuary, right? All of their wolves are mixed with a little bit of wolf or a little bit of dog. So a couple of them are like 90%. A couple of them are 70%. There's a couple low content, like 30, 40% there too. Um, but there's a lot of places in the United States you're not allowed to own even a half breed wolf. Um, so what we do is they they go rescue these wolves and we help them raise the money to get these wolves there. But what we do is we build their we build their enclosures. So with the veterans, with Warriors Next Adventure, we go up there, we build enclosures, we get to feed these wolves, we get to play with these wolves, we go inside the cage and you know pet them and stuff. Um, but they actually reached out to me and said, hey, we have a wolf in Wisconsin Dells who's due for euthanasia on Monday. And it was Thursday at the time. I was like, well, I'm off on Friday. I was like, let's go get him. And so they're like, go get him. So we drove out there and uh, Timber, Timber is a timber wolf and a shepherd. Um, I think he's got a little husky in him too, but he is just, it's just, he's beautiful. Such a beautiful dog. I love him. Um, so he was super aggressive. Um, I'm not going to say the situation he was in because it just pisses me off, but mm-hmm. he was not in a great situation. Um, living outside, no shelter. Um, wolves sleep in dens or mm-hmm. caves, right? He had no shelter, no doghouse, and he was chained up his whole life. So he was living outside. So he was super aggressive, and there was a reason why he was super aggressive. I'm not going to get into <coughs> it, but I slowly started to back up to him so he could sniff me and get comfortable with me, right? So I got close enough to the point where he could actually jump on me. He could bite me and maul me if he wanted to, but I'm not really scared of wolves. Horses, on the other hand, fuck them. Um, <laughs> so I back up, and he actually jumped up and hooked me and tried to dominate me because that's what animal, that's what wolves do. They try to figure out the pecking order, right? So I turn around, grab him by the throat, pin him down. I hold him down on the ground. I start going, "Go boy, go boy!" You know the high voice pitch like a lot of canine trainers do in the military to let them know like they're they're super excited and happy for you, right? So I'm petting him, making him know, like, listen, I'm not going to hurt you, but you will not mount me, right? I'm the boss. And so after that, he started jumping on me and licking my face. And wolves, when they get excited, what they'll do is they'll actually pick at your beard. So they'll rip little pieces of your skin out. It's like them playing with you. So you got to be careful because they'll rip mm, pieces of that shit out. rip one of their shit <laughs> So I got to rescue Timber. We came back. We actually built Timber's facility. So me and a couple of vets, uh, Andrew was one of them. Joe was one of them. Uh, there's a couple other guys out there too. So we built his enclosure. So that night I slept at my dad's house, which is right down the road from the wolf sanctuary, but they kept him in the garage. They have like a holding area in the garage. So they waited for me the next morning to get out there. And so I actually got to go in there, put him on the leash and take him out to his kennel. And I personally, me, got to release him outside without a leash for the first time in his life. Wow. He was over a year old, you know? So the, for the first time ever, you get to run free. You know, because of Warriors Next Adventure, you know, because of Minnesota Wolf Dogs. And I know that was me, but other veterans get to be involved in this. But my story as a veteran who gets to participate in this program, because I'm a, I'm a participant of my program. 
because it's healing for me. I got, I, hold on. I got to watch this wolf run free for the first time. There's a video that I put out, and I release him. He checks his area, comes back, and I squat down, and I go like this. He runs up, and he buries his head in my chest, and I just start petting him. I fucking <laughs> cried, man. I was like, this is so beautiful. Like this, yeah. He has life now because of what we did. You know? So I, I don't mean to try to interrupt you, but I'm glad you finished. You're good. Um, understand that with your mission and what you're doing, that's essentially what you're doing for veterans. You're helping us release the chain and run free. So understand that. What that's you're deep doing right there. Yeah. I like it. Fucking deep motherfucker, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I, I just, just try to make a joke. <clears throat> I, just, I just want people... I, you know, like I was telling you the other day, um, my new saying that I came up with, me, me and my girlfriend Mara were talking, and she had mentioned something about helping others suffer less. And I started to realize that my happiness is directly tied to helping veterans suffer less. So the more suffering I can take away from veterans, even if it puts more on me, because I do become depressed when I talk to veterans and they're, they're down. It's the whole jumping in the pit, you know, jumping down into the hole with the veteran instead of just tossing them a rope. What you're doing is you're essentially jumping in with them because you know how to get out. You know, it's, it's difficult. It's hard, but you know that it, you can get out. And yeah. so you jump in with them. You help them get to that point where they can crawl out themselves. But every time you do that, you get stuck in that hole for a moment. So Even if you, it's just a moment. So I, I know that when I was uh, helping host uh, retreats for veterans, it was six days. And, uh, you know, you have veterans talking about killing kids in Vietnam, you know, different Iraq stories, mm-hmm. Afghanistan. Like, it was very heavy. And every time after we used to leave, I used to go to the beach and sit in the water and just let the waves wash me. And I just start talking. To God, the universe, the God of the ocean, whatever. And I'm just like, you know, take it. Whatever it is that that I'm holding on to that I I listened to and like, you know, got the transfer of whatever energy that it was, just please just take it. You know what to do with it. And I just sit there in the water and just get bashed around. And it always helps. Is I'm, it is it dealing? Is it because you have to start processing their stuff? Or it's making you deal with your own. Yeah, so both. I it's both. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people close to me that tell me I need to take care of myself better, um, and I agree. Um, there was a point in time where back in October, um, I literally went to somebody's house and pulled a gun out of their hand and talked them out of suicide. Um, so I fulfilled my destiny that I created for myself that I will be the guy that can pull that gun out of my hands, but instead I did it for somebody else. Um, about two days later, I went to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, the anxiety of that. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I didn't process it properly. Um, because I, I didn't bury it cause I told a couple people that I'm close to, because I don't like to, I don't like to brag about what I do. Th- that's for that veteran to reach out and say, Hey, this is what Warriors Next Adventure did for me. I'm not in this business to brag, right? I do show pictures and videos and stuff that we do because it's donors want to know where their money's coming yeah. to right? Um, but the real shit, that's stuff that nobody will ever know. You know, there's, there's very few people like, like Jeremy, um, because of who he is, I feel like I can tell him some of the things that I have to deal with and some of the veterans I interact with because he's, he's also in that role. So I I can bounce things off of him and I, and it's not really bitching or complaining. It's just like, you know, these are the frustrations of doing what we do. Um, and, uh, I sat there thinking I was having a heart attack. I was panicking and, 
Um, I had had panic attacks before. But this this was real. This was bad. And I had pain here. I could barely move my arm. I drove myself to the hospital, even though everybody told me not to. But um, my girlfriend said, go to the fucking hospital. And so she's much smarter than me. So I was like, okay. And uh, they checked my heart levels. They checked my blood levels. They did a stress test on me. And they're like, you, you have the athletic ability of like a 20-year-old. You're good. And I was like, what the fuck is happening to me? And so I ended up, I go to therapy once a week. Um, uh, he, he's awesome, really good guy. And uh, I told him about what happened. I was like, I just couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. And he's like, you realize that's, that's a panic attack, right? So what, what you did was you re-traumatized yourself with your own incident because you tried to kill yourself. So when you, when you went to that veteran and you dove in that hole, you were stuck in that hole. You didn't pull yourself out right away. And so what happened was I essentially re-traumatized myself and I was not processing with it very well. And so I took like two days off for myself. Um, I was telling him sometimes that I do deal with depression still Mm -hmm. and this nonprofit helps me push that shit away. Um, I still deal with my own shit. About once a week, I'll I'll sit and I'll meditate about things that are haunting me. Mm -hmm. And so I am doing what I say to other people is take care of yourself. Um, But there's certain times where I... I have to push myself every day to get the fuck out of bed, even yeah. even with this mission. Um, depression's a bitch, man. You know, and I, I struggle every single day to even get out of bed. I I don't know so. if this is gonna sound stupid. I hope it doesn't. You talk when you're talking. I'm thinking about the movie Green Mile. Yeah. Right when he does that thing with his mouth, like isn't he taking like he's taking that evil out of the people? Right, he's taking on mm-hmm. their problem, their disease, their sickness. Right. Um and th- I don't know he he dies at the end right he yeah. dies mm-hmm. uh, do they shoot him or he dies do they kill I him know, or they they I think they end up killing him yeah. yeah but like I'm you you were talking and I'm seeing that like you're gra- so you got to let that go yeah you're you're yeah. absorbing somebody else's pain yeah and, and essentially you've got to let it go that's what an empath does you know <laughs> fuck you so, just took the word out of my head yeah so what's an know, what's an empath an I've empath heard the term before but. When you're sad, I'm sad. When you're depressed, I'm depressed. When you're happy, I'm happy. You know, you, you, we you, absorb the emotions. Yeah. You know, when I talk about being the water, the potato and the egg, right? So I allow myself to be adjusted emotionally to fit you, right? So Tony Robbins always talks about mirroring, right? You, you mm-hmm. mirror what somebody else is doing yeah. to make them more comfortable. When, when you're dealing with a veteran who is anybody, it doesn't have to be veterans. Um, when you're dealing with somebody who is in that state of deep depression, they're not going to fucking listen to somebody who's like, oh, life is good. Life is happy. Positive. Positive vibes only. That shit doesn't fucking work. Nope. So what I do is I go back to that moment where I'm about to die. I'm about to kill myself again. So I bring myself down. And so I don't intentionally depress myself, but I bring myself back to those memories in that moment. Because I, that memory, that moment, it's right here. It's, yeah. It doesn't take long for me to get there because I can get right there because mm-hmm. I, I should not be alive. I tell people all the time I should not be alive. The fact that I am alive, I I decided that I'm going to take my second chance and I'm going to do everything in my power to steal as much sadness and as much, you know, suffering as I can. Is there a way to do what you're doing without having to put yourself into that mental state? Sure, but it works for me. Yeah. So I'm not going to change that. But if it if it's working to your detriment, well, isn't that a bad thing? I mean, if it's working and it's hurting you and you're going to have you have a panic attack remember what i told you yeah. about you know how long are you gonna let things affect you mm-hmm. um i've become more effective at not letting something affect me for long periods of time but actually processing it and to be honest uh mara 
yeah, my girlfriend, she's an addiction counselor. Mm-hmm. So counseling men is what she does. And so whenever I get to those states, I, she literally tells me, I want to fucking know when you're depressed. She's like, I can be there with you too. So she's, we're, we're perfect for each other because she's at the point now where when I'm down, she knows because I want to run, I want to hide, I want to disappear. I don't want to be near people. I don't want to tell people I'm sad. I want to just go, right? I know that that's not the right answer. And so I forced myself to sit down with her. I was like, can I, can I talk to you? Um, I got to share how I'm feeling right now and I'm not okay. And so I've gotten better because her as, you know, as a significant other, um, she needs to know as well because she needs to know when you're not okay. Like if you have a wife or a significant other or a spouse, we've talked a lot about that this week. You know, if, if you share, if you tell somebody, I'm not okay. What you're doing is you're opening your heart. You're opening every single piece of yourself to that person. You know, and when you can get to that point, you allow yourself to be helped. So you can't be helped unless you let people help you. You know, essentially, you're the one that needs to do all the healing. But at the same time, if you keep that closed all the time, the the resources you have, they're not going to do a fucking thing for you. You have to stop, be vulnerable, open yourself up to be accepting of help. And so she's actually got me to the point where I process much better now because I do share with her. Mm-hmm. She shares her stuff, you know, because she deals with uh, heroin addiction. Um, and that's a, that's a dark she motherfucker. She helps people with heroin addiction. Yeah, sorry. Okay. She's not a heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> um, she helps heroin addicts. I, I'd hope not. <laughs> yeah. She helps uh, recovering heroin addicts. Uh, mm-hmm. Opiates. There, there's other things she helps with, too. Um, and so like, Let me stop she's you been an quick, asset. Real quick. I'm sorry. Is she flying in? Yeah, she'll be here tonight at 9. So... We got it's eight fifty one. Are you picking her up? Oh shit! It's like nine thirty. So <laughs> okay, be all right. She she knows she's gonna have to okay. wait a little bit. No, I, was I gonna told say, her about the podcast. I was gonna so. say I didn't know if she was gonna like meet you at hotel. Yeah, or... she she knows about the podcast. Okay, so. all right. Yeah. Um, Go but ahead, I'm sorry. but it, it's all about you know, like I said, you know, how long are you gonna let something affect you? And so there's a better process of this. This is not going to affect me very long. Sometimes you don't have a choice, but you have to acknowledge it. So once you acknowledge that, you can deal with it better. And especially if you acknowledge somebody who's close to you, like a battle buddy, I'll reach out to somebody as well. There's usually one or two people that I reach out to like, bro, fuck. And somebody always has something positive to say. So I find inspiration. I'm not a motivated person. Like we talked about many times, I'd rather sleep in bed all day, not do a fucking thing, not talk to anybody. I don't want to run this nonprofit. I don't want to do anything, right? But one thing I keep hearing about jujitsu is accountability. And I realized that creating this nonprofit made me accountable for myself. I have to fucking get up in the morning because what if somebody calls me and I don't answer? What if that motherfucker kills himself? Because I decided that I, I can't do it today. So it gives me strength. This nonprofit literally gives me the strength to get out of bed in the morning. You know, I think a lot of people that will listen to this, and I know myself included, this past year was really tough for obvious reasons, the pandemic. I've been home. Had this conversation with my wife last night. We are having a deep conversation, and I'm like, you have to take a step back every once in a while and remember that she went to work every single day. Her life, other than having to wear a mask, didn't really change. Yeah. She went to her training. She went to, you know, she's, uh, she likes to do uh, kickboxing. She went to work. She's gone to the store, got her nails done. Got... I was home. Other than getting a haircut, I hurt my knee, wasn't going to jujitsu, working from home. Some days I didn't even leave. You know, my stepdaughter is in her room doing her homework most days, locked in the room. It's homework and and uh, TikTok, right? 
The essentials. And again, you know, we talked, said you, you have to remember, like we were talking about, she was like, you know, oh, we should, we got to do more stuff and go out and you don't take me anywhere. Like we were having one of those conversations and I'm like, you do understand that I've been the one that's locked in the house. Like you've lived your life pretty normal again, other than wearing a mask. I said, I've been home, you know, have, did you ever think like, Hey, let me take him somewhere. You know, I'm not trying to like, you know, uh, say that I don't want to take her out. But I'm having a, I was having a very stressful time. I'm not going to jujitsu, which is my stress release. I wasn't really going to the gym. The knee was blown out. So it was a lot of like work, nap after work, watch TV all night, work on the podcast. That's what I do at night, you know? Yeah. So kind of turned it around on her a little bit, but I had to say, you, know, you got to remember that. Like I'm not, I'm, I am not calling what I went through PTSD, but it hasn't been easy. This, this especially losing the, good, the thing that, yeah. that, is my release. I lost that release and I'm so happy to be back. Then I hurt my rib three weeks ago yeah. and it's like three weeks you got ago. got other ribs. Like, ah. yeah. But I, but I was, but I started to go to the gym and we, we had moved and there's a, Good. there's a complex in the, there's a gym in the development. So I started to get into, to weight training again, but Great. you know, I, I've, I've dealt with that. So I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, to, mm -hmm. to that situation this last year. Again, I don't know if I would call that PTSD, but, there's a lot of people dealing like they're going to hear this. You can kind of like insert yourself a, here. Just call a lot it the of thing. That, yeah. There's a lot of people that, that can relate. It's to just that. the thing, the thing that happened, yeah. you know, this year, like it just, it yeah. affected all of us. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say one thing for the ladies, treat your man. <laughs> yeah, Rub that dude's feet, man. I, take, take him, him out. out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> men want to be pampered too. Okay. You know, not you everybody, you, you want to know what I told us here. Get a princess. We went this far. Go ahead, Bo. I'm sorry. You want to say something? Initiate. Yes. Initiate. <laughs> Initiate so we both read uh, the five love languages. Yeah. Which yeah. one's yours? Um, well, that's the thing. So last night I told her, she would tell me, she's like, but that's not your love language. And I said, you know what? Because we, we take the test often. Like mm -hmm. they said, you need to like, take the test. And like, it might change a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't want to hear about that's not my love language anymore. They're all my love language. I want all of those things all of the time. I want all of those things. I, I want to go out. Yeah. I like gifts too, just like you do. You know, I like touch. I, you know, I want, let's have more sex. You know, we were going in, we were talking about, it. we went in and I said, forget that there's a top one. I want all of them. And she just looked at me. She was like, kind of like, okay. And mine are pretty all right. much all but That's, gifts. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I, people give me gifts a lot like that. I appreciate it. Like, I never. I'm not gonna sleep with never, that I'm not gonna, oh, man. <laughs> not gonna start touching you later. Yeah, I I don't expect gifts yeah, from anybody ever. I I don't really want them. Right. It when I get them though, like I get super teared. Like I had uh, uh, Chuck and Amanda. The these two, they they went to climb Mount Elbert with us, but they ended up not climbing because they're like, yeah, fuck that. Like because it's the highest <laughs> mountain peak in the Rockies. So afterwards, we all got together. We did a we did a live podcast, which we're gonna do again this year because it was actually a lot of fun. Nice. So we do a live podcast and I have an extra microphone for all the guys who climbed with us. And so we talk about the climb and we have fun and they were indulging in the Colorado edibles. And, uh, so it was interesting. Um, but these motherfuckers got me the topographical carving of Mount Elbert. So all of the mountains, it was a wood carving of the topographical nice. of Mount Elbert. And I got it and I was like, you fuckers, <laughs> why did you do this? So it's like, who put water in my eyes? I know, I get so emotional <laughs> with this shit. Like, I don't ever, that's not a love language of mine. But when I get surprised with it, I'm like, oh my God. But maybe it is. Yeah, yeah if, maybe. If, if it, it creates depends. that much emotion, maybe it is. And you just, 
you know, I find it. A love language it, is really of, what you need, though. But Which is with that emotion, but that emotion that's coming out of you, <laughs> you're so appreciative of. Yeah. Maybe it's something that is good. And yeah, maybe it's a hidden one. You know, yeah. Because the the thing about being a giver or like this role, because like it, in all of our conversations today, I'm like, yo, he's like a mirror of me, right? And in when you better serve looking in, one though, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna make me say that on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Okay, I, look, I look like a fucking hobo right now. Come on, the prettiest hobo I've ever seen. <laughs> Princess hobo. Princess hobo. <laughs> Looks like that might be a quote on the bus. Yeah. Hey, the princess hobo. Princess hobo. But now when we're in this, we're, when we're in this, it's like we feel like we just have to serve, 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 right? Yeah. And that we don't deserve, like we don't deserve to be served kind of thing it's just like no no i gotta go do my thing i I have to help i have to go pull the gun out of their hand i have to help this person but when you know it's hard to receive that right because i I experienced the same thing because the gifts are just like whatever right but then the right kind like like those surprise like this like i appreciate the fuck out of this right but it's like if i take that quiz the gifts are at the the lowest yeah yeah Yeah. so one thing one thing that came up when you were speaking uh I usually I heard this story and I related it to problems, but now I, I it kind of took on a different context. And it's the story of the two monks that were crossing um, a river. And, you know, monks aren't supposed to touch females. Right. And there was a female who was struggling. I don't know if she was drowning or whatever, but she was struggling to get across. Right. So one of the monks goes and he picks the female up and he carries her across the water. Right. Carries her. Gets her across the thing safe, puts her down, and keeps going. Right. So then the other monk is like looking at him, and he's just like, 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 what the fuck? Right. Like way down the road, he's like, what the fuck? Like finally, he just couldn't take it anymore. He's like, how? Like why did you carry that woman? You know we're not supposed to do this as part of this. Da da da. You know he starts going off, and he's like, I put her down back there. You're the one still holding on to her. Hmm. Right. So when you talk about <laughs> right. So when you when you speak about like choosing your feelings, right? It's like you can you can take you can help that person cross the river, but you don't have to continue carrying them. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I say that's probably the hardest thing about what I do is cuz I continually, you know, I continuously feel responsible. You know, like like I said, I I've told the story about you know, my, my mom, my birth mom and my abusive stepdad and being completely fucking helpless, you know, yeah. used to beat the shit out of her and eventually led to me. Um, I couldn't defend myself. I couldn't protect myself. I couldn't do anything. You know, my mom literally was dying in my lap and then eventually, you know, and I'm coming back. Um, it, I felt so hopeless at that moment. And that police officer that came out made me feel like fucking Superman. You know, because he made me feel safe. He made me feel protect, like like he was Superman. And so that's when I decided I wanted to be a cop because I wanted to protect people. And so I joined Air Force Security Forces because eventually when I got out, I wanted to be a cop. Um, but eventually I got the role as a 50 cal gunner. So I got to protect people in real shit, you know, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And that protector role never went away. Then I got the job at the State Patrol. I need to protect my troopers. But at the same time, I'm, I was kind of specialized in suicide calls because I was fucking really good at it. Again, I always tell people like bragging and being proud of what you're good at are two different things. Of course. I don't run around telling people like, oh, this is this, but I was very good 
at changing and persuading people to realize that their situation is not as bad as they make it seem. And so I took that skill that I had in the military and I transitioned it into literally watching, you know, because we had cameras and I would literally watch these people standing on bridges and I would get them to understand that life is fucking precious, you know, and you don't deserve to take your own life. It's not your choice. You don't get to choose to take your own life. Like when I fucked up, um, it wasn't my choice. It wasn't my time. You know, I, I, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe that we all serve a purpose on this planet. And I believe we are Dharma. lost until we don't. Yeah. The Buddha Dharma, you know, we all serve a purpose, but we feel lost until we know what that purpose is. Once mm-hmm. we know that purpose, it's the answer is always there. What, right? What's that quote? It's like the two greatest days is the day you were born and the day you realize why something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think the day I realized why I was, why I'm here, it was, you know, I think I told the story in the last episode, but there was a female who called, she was suicidal. I pulled her up on camera. She was standing on the bridge and I talked her off the ledge. Um, she was a veteran. And so that's when I first got my taste of this feels really good. Um, it was almost a self-serving service. You know, talking that woman off the bridge made me realize that I can change people's way of seeing life. I could change the perspective with words. As a kid, I was always weird. I was weird. Uh, we moved around a lot and shit, like the whole Green Mile thing. I literally thought I could heal people by touching them. <laughs> I didn't really tell a lot of people that. I told my birth mom, but she was fucking weird anyway. So she's like, yeah, honey, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I touch those people. It's okay. So like anytime somebody was hurting, I, w- I would hug them. And so I, I seriously thought that I was pulling that away from them. But what I didn't realize was it was it was the physical touch. It was the action that was pulling away that sadness. It wasn't so you've the always been touch. like this? Yeah, since I was probably about eight or nine. You said something before about Jeremy. You said me and Jeremy are doing the same thing. We didn't go too far into what do you do? You do you are you working with veterans? I mean, yeah, I understand so that you help out with the veterans, know, and I keep an eye at, at the or, at, at, the, other, at yeah. the organization. So I've worked with them and uh, the Recon Sniper Foundation and a few others. You okay. know, obviously supporting you know Weedify not in a monetary, but as you know, a spokesperson that at least what I can be. Yeah. You know, holding up you know that presentation and you know coming along on this trip with with nick with the warriors next adventure you know it's it's something that you have to uh take your own personal time and actually you know try and serve other people yeah so like another love language yeah but it's you know it like nick saying you know it, it doesn't only fulfill them or try and give them hope but also fulfills you you know yeah and it's there's a little I, I think I've, I've talked about it there's a little um, I, I think Bo, Bo and I have talked about this where I said, you know, there's there's a little selfish piece in it for mm-hmm. me. It makes yeah. me feel good. I call it a healthy selfishness. Yeah. And I also say, you know, is, I wasn't always the best Because I person. hate the word selfish. I hate yeah. the context of it, but I like healthy selfishness. Yeah. I like that. It's healthy I, because you're doing it yeah. for yourself, but it benefits yeah. other people. Yeah, I've been I've, looking I've, for a I've word. I got that, like, stealing it. I, this is a little bit of my, my penance. This is me giving back for stupid things I've done in my life. You know, not being there for family and friends or just doing stupid stuff. You know, I'm. this is my time to give back, whether it's just, you know, having you on, talking, being an ambassador for Weedify, doing our own foundation, you know. This is just me giving. And it makes me feel good. Well, I've it said before the podcast, I've, I've been on a lot of podcasts. Um, but uh, this one's the best one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was telling you and Bo, this, I think this is the best produced podcast that I've, I've been to. Thank um, you. A lot of them have been online, but still. 
the production. All me, I do almost all of this myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just you guys do a really good job of the production, Billy. But it's the conversations that you're facilitating. Mm-hmm. You're facilitating this conversation because this conversation is going to be heard by a lot of people. And how many people are out there that might need this conversation? This yeah. doesn't happen without you. Well, and that's so, why I also mentioned before about it. Like this, this isn't just going to. You know, if somebody's listening to the to this and go, oh, it's about the military. I'm going to go to the next podcast. No, they should be listening to this whole podcast because just like insert yourself into the situation, you know, take out military, put in, you know, yes. you know, COVID take out, uh, who was it that said, uh, I'm not sure if it was you telling me last time that uh, you, you said it today, the, that a lot of PTSD comes from car accidents. Yeah. Car accidents. Number, I mean, one, it's not, number one leading you know, cause of PTSD is car it's accidents. It's just this, uh, you know, you're holding on to something that's happened to you in the past and it's mm-hmm. affecting you now. What, you know, what is that for you? What trauma is that for you? Is it being in the military, police officers? You well, know? like you said, it's it's a common reaction for, for an uncommon event that's happened yeah. to you. You know, and I, I love response. that saying. I'm stealing that shit, too. There we go, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm really glad that, that like, it, were, it, it didn't work out with my gym. You and know, that you guys came together. I, this was, like, the perfect. It was I supposed, always say You guys it. were supposed to meet. I, I really feel like you guys happens for a reason, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, like too, with, yeah. with Greg from, uh, 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 sorry, George from uh, uh, Fargo BJJ. Mm-hmm. Um, again, brain damage. I have a lot of issues with remembering things. Um, you have a great memory for somebody who has bad memory. You I said the first and last name shit. of, you said every gym, the city, and the first and last name of everybody at the now I don't know if you got it right. If it truly, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if those are all right. Well, you, you can completely bullshitting it. Yeah, John Smith at you know you're gonna post Brazilian those clips? BJJ. I know, right? Does it say fact checkers? <laughs> no, fact check. Actually, yeah. um, no, for somebody no, I, with a bad memory, you have had a great memory right down to every little breakdown and what was broken and where yeah. it broke down. So. Well, I keep saying Gregory for some reason, but it's, it's George uh, from uh, Fargo Fargo BJJ. Um, and here goes the memory thing. I don't remember why I was even bringing that up. Oh, shit. We, uh, oh, yeah. Um, like, I wasn't supposed to meet him. I wasn't yeah. supposed to stop there. But we broke down but in Fargo. <laughs> and before we left, uh, Roland Larson, thank you, um, he actually said, hey, there's a guy who's a veteran who's got a really good gym in Fargo. You should stop there. I'm like, well, we're not going to be stopping there. Well, the bus had other plans. <laughs> so, oh, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's that whatever that you said you prayed, the woman that sold you the bus. Yeah. Prayed on the bus. Yeah, she put something in there. The hippie spell. She put something in there, and those hippie spell hippie combat hippies. Um, see, yeah, that works. There's some. I I really do believe this, and I, you know, I do believe there's something greater than us, right? There's a larger power. Whether you believe that's God or the universe or whatever, there's a reason that this all happened. There's a reason that you broke down and all the times you did. It's going to make the documentary better. I believe if you're a good human being, those adversities are meant to have a good outcome at some point. Yeah. If you're an asshole and you're an ax murderer, those bad things are going to lead to bad things for you. But I think if you're a good person, those bad things, they make you stronger. I mean, yeah. You guys are fucking really yeah. strong individuals, all mm-hmm. three of you, because of the thing, the bad things that you went through. This you is would the most not humble be sitting here now. I've ever met, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You, you guys wouldn't be sitting here now there. if it wasn't for this, right? For, for what the struggles you've been through. Yeah. You've got an organization. I know Drew has done a lot of stuff with, like, you know, helping young men and mentoring, and I, I know Veterans that about him. You know, so I, I mean, I think you guys are doing some really good shit. <laughs> Thank man. you. Um, um, it was it was supposed to happen like this. Yeah. And then cool. we're gonna go train tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I want my gym. Let's he's go. Gonna, he's I gonna dislocate my arm tomorrow. <laughs> apparently, well, it's you know I always I'm tell people too. It's like you. you you choose how you feel. You can't always react to your situation, or you can't always control what happens. But yeah. You can always control your reactions. If I'm preaching this constantly and I go out on this tour and I just fucking give up, who am I? 
Yeah. Everybody's going to forget everything that I said. Like, fuck that guy. He's, he's full of shit. Yeah. Right. And so that's part of the like, accountability with Warriors Next Adventure is like, I say I'm going to do something. I'm going to fucking do it. Um, it's not always going to be the way I planned. Yeah. Um, but with every breakdown, I literally go through my six principles. You know, and again, I'll go through them real quick. I won't get into it because we all know that's a fucking long speech. So <laughs> who do you have? I started thinking about not only who I have physically there for me, but the amount of people that have donated to this organization because I told them this is what I want to do and they believe in it. And they put forth their own hard-earned money to make sure this happens. You know, I, I put a lot of money down in this too, but it's it's amazing that the amount of people who see my vision just by me telling them about what the vision is. You know, now I got to deliver it, but um, it it's... No pressure. You, you have to stop and think, like, who do you have with you, right? Look at all the fucking army that I have behind me that supports this thing, you know? Um, you have to... Yeah. This like, happens to come up every time. I know, either. right? Like, We Defy Foundation. <laughs> we Defy these, Foundation. These guys have been fucking awesome for us. They are um, You have to think about what do you have. Now, I always ask people, like, if I were to ask you, what do you have? What's the... Name one thing. What do you have? I have my son. Okay, so that's that's not a bad thing. It's not a wrong answer. But I always ask people, what do you have? People don't think physically. They always think physical. What do you have here, right? Oh. So I have the ability to figure things out. That's... You know, the, my ability to problem solve, that's something that I have. I have that ability to do, and I, I consistently show that. I want to show that. I don't want shit to keep breaking. Please <laughs> stop. But I'm going to continue to problem solve because I have that ability to problem solve. Being a 911 dispatcher, you have troopers call up to you be like, hey, I need this. You're like, what? That doesn't even exist. Uh, give me five minutes. And then you call them with an answer, right? So if you don't know the answer, I, I, you got to know the person who knows the answer. So networking mm-hmm. is very important, too. So networking, the ability to figure things out, problem solving. You also have the power of influence. I have everything that you just said, but you also have the power of influence. Have you ever been accused of being a manipulator? No. No? Not in your like shit days? Like when? What's it called? Uh, Like, huh? Have I been accused of being a manipulator? Oh, yeah. Of course. For sure. Especially in my shit days. Every girlfriend I've ever had. (laughs) Right. Me too. Just kidding. And, and, And that was the narrative in my head. Oh, fuck. I'm a manipulator. How do I fix myself? Like, no. Right. I used my power of influence to manipulate when I was acting ignorant. But now that I know better, I understand that it's just the power of influence. And it's 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 a gift that I have. So now I just have to point it in a direction that's more conducive with my purpose. It's like a superpower being used for the right reasons. Yeah, exactly. I never thought about that. Yeah. Thank you. Like I said, anytime I have these conversations. <laughs> and on that, be a dick. and on that, we're gonna start to wrap things up because we're going kind of long. I got, I got and, one uh, thing. Go ahead, say. go ahead. No, I'm gonna let everybody. I'm, I'm gonna to let say. everybody go, go around and give their last word. Uh, one thing just to piggyback off of what you guys were saying, like going through shit. Right. One thing that I came up with, uh, that I realized in my own life, it's like the things that suck, they really suck. But as you're able to take your story. And like the gold that you gain from it and share it with others, you start realizing that, yeah, you're living this life as yourself, but it's not about you. We're like ants, right? We're all like little individuals, but we're all, we're all uh, it's a community, right? Yeah. We're part all of a, a, a bigger community. Yeah. We're all part of that bigger community, right? So the things, so when we, we talk about Buddhism, right? How there is no good and bad, it's just yin and yang, right? We experience these different things so that we could get the gold from it. So my boy Chewy, Chujitsu, 
Oh, I fucking love that dude. But uh, Tell me when is he coming on the podcast? When, huh? com- when is he coming on? Bro, I, I, I stayed at Chewy's house. You need to get in touch with him. Let me know. He was at the gym. He was at the gym recently. I was just watching his. Uh, those, yeah, he's listening to some of his podcasts. Really yeah, cool he's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. Chewy, Chewy's yeah. fucking great. Uh, <laughs> he has a. If you, have you seen the video of me and him? Mm-mm. I was, I was like, I was like, why you beat me up in front of my friends, Chewy? And he's like, because you threw me in front of my friends. I hit him with like that cyborg throw. The, the when I first went to his the gym. Tor- the tor- yeah, tornadoes. yeah, the tornado throw. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he tell he tells a story because uh, he's a nerd. He's a big nerd too. Uh, and it's it's uh, I think I don't remember where he got the story from, but it's about like a man who had to go into hell, and he's just digging and digging and digging and digging. Doesn't know why. I forgot. Like it's 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 like very miserable or whatever. But like it's in hell, and then he finds some gold, and like brings the gold back up, and he's like able to share that. And I'm sure I butchered the fucking story, but you you understand what I'm saying? Like you have to. It's almost as if like things are going good, and then you it's gotta just go like, through some shit. Yeah, to, hell calls you. It's just like, bro, you got to go down there and go find some gold, and then it's like you go and you grab the gold, and you're able to share it, and it's just like. Gotta go back through hell, buddy. That's why it's like it keeps popping up. And it's like we're playing a video game, right? We gain more experience. We gain better weapons to deal with harder levels. And I always tell people that true happiness is found in the experience, in, in new experiences. Yeah. You know, those new levels. <laughs> you know, Level right. 33. <laughs> we're going to start with Jeremy. You want to give any shout outs? Say hello to anybody? Yeah. Your kids just... Uh, just won some some medals today. Oh uh, no, this was uh, 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 at the Austinaga competition. Oh, okay. I thought a that was today. Ago. I yeah. thought that was today while no, you were going. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So the biggest ones out to my wife Brittany and the two kids Trevor and Kara. Uh, yeah. Weedify, you know, for being able to put me through that. Yeah. Um, and shout out that organization again, Revis. Uh, yeah, the Dave Reaver Foundation. Um, Reaver. Yeah, Dave okay. Reaver. Yep. And then uh, Origin Maine. Uh, they provide us with a couple geese and everything oh, else. Oh, very and cool. Jocko fuel and it's. It's awesome. So that's awesome. Sponsor the podcast, Choco. Yeah, right. (laughs) As a second degree, (laughs) second degree white belt. I know you got some. You know, if you want to give oh man, so many sponsors. Um, Let me start off with the sponsors who actually paid to help us get around the country. The Bake Shop Treats. um, They got amazing CBD edibles. They're amazing CBD only. Sorry, guys. Um, But they also have like bath bombs. They have all kinds of stuff. So if you use don't tell them I said this, but you use WNA CBD 15, you'll actually get 15% off and they donate that 15% to us. Um, yeah, it's good stuff too. Um, I personally very judgmental about CBD and shit. So I took it for about two months. It's amazing. I, I totally stand by it and I, I wouldn't really Best sleep ever. Yeah, seriously. I sleep very well with it too. So, um, synchro, um, synchro custom furniture, uh, my board member, Will, who's uh, runs that company. Uh, he helped me build the bus before we left. He spent a lot of time on this. We actually built it in his new shop, which isn't even finished yet. There's no concrete on the floor. So we built it in his shop. So thank you, Will. Uh, we wouldn't be on this tour without your help. Um, Rip It Energy, which <laughs> Rip It is awesome. Yeah. Of course right? it is. Who doesn't it's love deployment. Rip It, right? Mm-hmm. So I actually I posted on my Facebook, hey, I need somebody who works for Rip It because I think this would be the most badass sponsor. <laughs> and so uh, one of my buddies sent a message to the Rip It Energy on Facebook, which I had already done that too. But when you reach out as an organization, people are like, eh. But when you say, hey, this organization is doing some sweet shit, check them out. They're more apt to actually reach out to us. So he actually reached out. And said, hey, I want to know more about this. So I sent Rip it a big, long email. said, this is what we're doing. She's like, fuck yeah, we'd love to be a part of that. Mm. Right? 
Um, so they reached out, and so they each donated a thousand dollars to get us on the road. What? Uh, yeah, so three thousand dollars just to get us started. Did they give you some rippets? Uh, so I screwed that up. They're supposed to deliver it yesterday, but uh, the guy who was supposed to be taking it for us in Fort Lauderdale, he wasn't there, uh, and it was my fault. So sorry, rip it. But we're gonna go buy a case personally. I'm gonna buy with my money because we were supposed to have a case. So. I'm gonna buy that and donate to the nonprofit. So we'll be cruising around drinking ribbits and. Do you know the importance? <laughs> do you know the significance behind ribbits? No, why? It's the fuel of war. Fisters. Fuel oh, that, of war. Yes. Is that what it? They, is that the? Wait, that's the shit that yeah. we were drinking. when We were over there. We were no, five yeah. or six. Yeah. Like twenty three, no, thirty no hour missions. The ribbit challenges. They were like oh, these wow. little. They, Look how excited we are! Perfect. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> perfect fit for you guys. Oh, yeah, oh, so shit. good. So. uh Obviously, shout out to We Defy Foundation. You guys are fucking awesome. TJ, Travis, you know, yeah, Alan, for, Alan for, you know, popping a kidney the other day when he tossed me in judo. <laughs> um, great guys. Joey, Joey had, a, Joey and, uh, Joey Bozik. Yeah, Joey and, uh, and Alan had a great interview, you know, sharing yeah. their, their thoughts about suicide, about veterans, PTSD. Um, also, shout out to uh, my mom, Lisa. Uh, fuck, you're such an inspiration to me. Um, she's the one woman that chose to be in my life and stayed there. Um, so I shout love out you. to mom, love you, mom. Uh, Mara, my kids, her kids, you know, all the people that are involved directly in my life, but also, you know, the people that support the mission most of all. You know, on top of everybody, yes, on top of my own family, because this nonprofit gives me purpose in life. I love my family. I love everybody that I'm involved with every day, but this this thing that stumbled on my lap and I finally picked it up and I created a thought into a thing and it's reached thousands of veterans in the last two years. You know, we're on this big nationwide tour and the jujitsu community alone, you know, to shout out to the jujitsu community for yeah. supporting this. Yeah. It's just, I'm so fucking humbled over the last couple months, you know, especially with all the breakdowns. Every time we've broken down, somebody bought us lunch. A guy came up to us and just gave us 20 bucks. He's like, dude, I see what you guys are doing. I looked you up online while I was waiting and I saw all the stuff that you're doing. He's like, I, I appreciate what you're doing. He was a Vietnam vet. Awesome. Um, you know, and then people buy us food, people bought us car parts. It's just, you know, I, I feel so humbled that so many people believe in this mission because I know exactly what it's going to do. I just, I'm in the process of showing you, I just need your support to keep continuing to make this happen. Because mm-hmm. this nonprofit is going to save lives. This documentary is going to save lives. I and they can donate you. on Facebook? Facebook, on Instagram. Instagram, PayPal, PayPal Giving Fund. Mm-hmm. You can do Amazon Smile. WarriorsNextAdventure.com. WarriorsNextAdventure.com. Uh, yeah. Patreon. There's there's millions of different ways. And when you're ready, let us know. We're all going to write emails to Netflix. Yeah. I'm, I want to. everybody <laughs> to say, you need this documentary on Netflix. So it's gonna um, happen. I'm going to do my best to get the episodes put out by at least July next year. So. And also, I know I usually mention it for us, but I'm going to let you do it. Amazon Smile. Yeah. So Amazon, Amazon Smile, Smile is super important. You log into Amazon Smile. You can choose an organization. Go into your um, settings. Jiu-Jitsu. You, yeah. Your foundation yeah, is on there too. as well, yeah, right? Yeah, but I'm okay, going to let you mention it for you. So Amazon Smile, go into your settings. You can choose a nonprofit. Just start, you know, type in Warriors Next Adventure, and it basically... You'll see the Amazon Smile logo on your on your app or on your computer. Make sure you see it before you order. And usually, when you choose an item, that's you know, very few items don't. I think, part I, think of the program. Almost, I think it's, it's almost it's, everything. it's just about everything. You'll see Warriors Next Adventure. Like when you're purchasing, it'll say, "Yeah, like this uh, portion will be donated to this organization." 
And when you check out, I think it's like 0.005% or something like that. Yeah, so you personally are not donating. What what you're doing is by shopping with Amazon Smile, Amazon Amazon donates a portion to it. You're not getting charged for it, but you're helping us. Your shopping experience doesn't change. Mm -hmm. The products are all the same. Nothing changes, and they're not charging you more. You're just getting Amazon to basically donate on your behalf to an organization. You get to help me change lives. So do that. So let me just go through a little housekeeping here, guys. Um, I'm not going to mention any of our foundation stuff today because I want everybody to go donate to Warriors Next. Okay. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right. So, uh, we're going to shout out, uh, Flow and Roll. Thank you, uh, as always for everything you do at Flow underscore and underscore roll on Instagram. You can use the code JJD at flowandroll.com to get 50, 20%, 20% off your order. I'm going to shout out our Patreon, our Patreon patrons real quick. Uh, Carlson Gracie Winterhaven. Uh, thank you guys for all your support. Uh, you can check them out at Carlson Gracie. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Carlson Gracie underscore Winterhaven on Instagram. Carlson Gracie Broward County. Yeah. That's your boy, Big J, right? Big J. Listen, I want to have Big J on the show. All right. It's not about getting, I've been waiting for you and Junior to be available at the same time because I know that you guys both know him. Yeah. Right? Um, You know him? Do you know him better? Uh, no, Junior no, knows him. Do, I, no, know, do, I know oh, him. You know, I mean, we've, you know, you've trained? Yeah, we've trained. Okay. So I figured it would be nice that, you know, I don't know him. I know of him, but I was waiting for you guys to come in. So anyway, they, they're a Patreon sponsor. So, you know, we give him a shout out. So Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale. Carlson Gracie Broward County.com. Right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's his. his yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, check them out at Carlson Gracie Broward County. Uh, John Way Martial Arts as well. Plantation, Florida. JohnWayMartialArts.com. And at John Way Martial Arts on Instagram. All right. Uh, our just our general, those are our gym sponsors. Our Patreon sponsors include Robert Walker, Frank House, Wolsey Rivera, Boa Athletics. You can check them out, out at uh, it's at BOA underscore athletics on Instagram. Michael Pixley Jr., Jason Smiley, Britt Tavar, who uh, does a lot of stuff with Fightback, our CBD guys. Uh, James Fisher, CJ Carroll, Mission 22. We like to give him a shout out as well. CJ's yeah. always asked us to, to give him a shout out. Oh, yeah. Chuck Reddor and Roberto Santiago. Okay. So if you want to support the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies and you can, you basically like pledging five, 10, 15, whatever you want uh, per month. And then you get entered into our $100 giveaway every month. So we do that, that swag giveaway. Sometimes it's Fight Pack CBD, sometimes it's our product, sometimes it's a gi. Um, you know, we just get one of our companies or supporters to, to give us something to give away. Uh, and if we don't do that, they're doing something. They're getting something from the podcast store. So uh, jujitsudummies.shop. All right. Uh, so you can get 15% off at our shop with code JJD as well. We've got uh, rash guards. Like you got the T-shirts I gave you guys. All that stuff is available at jujitsudummies.shop. You can check us out at jujitsudummies.shop on Instagram. We always thank and shout out We Defy as well. They've been a great supporter of the show. Uh, TJ on. Love those guys. They're amazing. Uh, Joey and Alan have been on the show. We even did a, we did like a little private, uh, I did did this with Junior. We did a little private like Zoom for just like some of our Patreon sponsors. And it was like an exclusive thing. We were testing it out. Worked out really well. And I met them for the first time. And then Joey came back on the show with some of the board members again. Yeah, they're awesome. After that. Yeah, they're all amazing guys, man. Uh, so, okay, we're going to leave it there. I'm at Uncle Milty BJJ on IG. You go Drew, Drew underscore Phoenix. And the gym? Oh, A-N-M-B-J-J. A- you say it again. A-N-M-B-J-J. You always Spelled forget out. to use the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to remind you. 
uh, at Warriors Next Venture or at Nick underscore explores underscore everything. If you want to give out an IG or no? no I'm not <laughs> right. a cool kid. So. All right. Listen, guys, thank you so much for doing this. I had a ball rolling with you and you guys yesterday. We're going to. Uh, or today, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna come tomorrow. Yeah, thank you guys. Let's do it. Uh, we'll I, do, awesome. You gonna yeah. he gonna show the move of the day? Oh, he's definitely he's doing definitely the, the showing the move of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm definitely yeah, gonna come. Was it twelve o'clock? Twelve noon? No, uh, eleven uh, o'clock is a geek class because we do wear pajamas at my gym. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, a twelve o'clock's wear whatever the fuck you want. But we usually go with Noki. All right, so I'll see you guys tomorrow. Sounds good, bro. Thanks thank for you for listening, everybody. Take care. Oh.